0: holds up you can get some of this it's the state of combat podcast pro wrestling style and it's back in your ear hole with another lethal dose and injection if you will however you want to take it you want to take it orally however wow that came out bad however you want to take it it's that performance enhancing audio the brian campbell without question the voice that you hear the only question is can i finish this broadcast as i'm either under the weather for, uh, I don't know, a week now and getting steps closer to death, Or maybe this is a work, and I'll be leaving CBS to sign with AEW at the end of the month. Like Dean Ambrose, we will find that out soon enough. More debate to come on that topic for sure. Apologies for my absence on the Royal Rumble post-show earlier this week. I'm sure it was fantastic with the Silver King filling in. I didn't get a chance to listen to it because I've been slowly dying, folks. But I'm back. I'm ready. I got sound drops and, and, you know clusters here uh this show may end up being a little bit of a cluster but look when you play hurt, that's what happens i know what you've got in your pants and i want it yes i would like some of that too i would also like a five star review if you listen to this show if you know what's good for you if you like what you hear it is still all about the five it's five season get out there and give me five Thank you. Uh, Look, I want to bring in a man who uh, talks wrestling with me, uh, my co-host. Say hello (laughs) to the bad guy. Uh, Despite mounting evidence against him regarding hedging, somehow this guy still stays the course. He lives the gimmick. He's the Silver King, Adam Silverstein
1: hey now if you're gonna have a gimmick you better damn well live it
0: yeah that that let's, is that let's is, be honest that is damn right wow silver king what a week to die because there's a lot going on in the world of pro wrestling people leaving wwe uh vince and company jacking up the creative it is wrestlemania season and i gotta tell them
1: i'm in bros i'm in you got me yeah it's been really good um you know, look, if you didn't believe that B.C. was washed before, all you need to do is listen to his voice today. Absolutely. Because this guy, this guy, man, I'm looking at him through Skype. He, he is in bad shape. And what is it, like minus 20 up there? What's I, the temperature?
0: I don't want to act like I have it as bad as my brethren. A lot of the uh, folks listen to my boxing podcast that live in the state of Minnesota. Wow. They got it bad. It's like a feels like of negative 50 there. I'm looking at today. Only 30 degrees. Not that bad. Yeah, I woke that's up, not bad. Yeah. I woke up to a bunch of snow. I had to remove it. I got more snow coming today. Kids getting out of school early. But I will take that. I will take the 16 degrees we're going to get tomorrow with a feels like of negative five. Because some people in the Midwest are straight up, uh, straight up, man, they're taking one for the team of this country. And I don't. when I say take one for the team, I don't mean like that fire Festival doc on Netflix. I mean, just they're taking one for the team for our country.
1: By the way, that was great. Which was? The fire the fire Festival doc?
0: Oh, isn't that fantastic? I didn't see the Hulu one yet, but I watched Netflix
1: last well, night. Fantastic. Forget, the, forget the Hulu one. So you know that woman who at the very end, she's like, yeah, I gave my savings to pay for all these workers that didn't yeah, get paid.
0: Did somebody save her soul? She's amazing.
1: No, they did. So someone started like a GoFundMe. They raised $160,000 for her.
0: Oh, that is okay. Then the world still works. Yeah, People it works. Still- yeah. That's fantastic because a lot of people got effed in that transaction there of the damn fire. F- Let's hope AEW doesn't have fire festival written all over it, right?
1: Uh, it's kind of going that way I right don't now. know. Well, all in that. was fan friggin tastic. Well, yeah, it was. And it was months ago. And so far, the only thing they've really done is sell like 70,000 T-shirts probably because seemingly that's the only thing I, get, I see promoted from the AEW Twitter handles. Oh, guess what? We have a new T-shirt. Oh, and today the T-shirts are 25% off. I mean, if they're if they're in the business of selling shirts, they are
0: well, superstars. We know, we but, know they're merch right. merch marauders and pioneers yeah. on that. But hey, you want to add Kenta? You want to add uh, Ambrose? Hey, hey, bro. Hey, we'll you know we'll see where that's going. There. I think
1: the uh, possibility on one, the other, maybe getting ahead of yourself a little bit. But we'll we'll talk about that. BC, if I later can in ever show.
0: recover, Brandy might be asking me some questions here.
1: I'm all in. Are you all in, Brian? Oh, come on. Oh, I'm come on, on I'm Come on, going to the come on Brandy. Yeah, Brandy. I'm shoveling snow all sick, Brandy, yeah. Brandy, if
0: I can survive this illness, I will be all in, believe Is me.
1: There, isn't when you're ill during the winter, and I don't have to deal with this down here. It's 60 degrees right now, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, don't. You, isn't this the point where you hire someone to shovel your driveway as opposed to do it, doing it yourself? I, I
0: have a small driveway in this house uh, that I got. I am still come from a... Blue collar, uh, redneck town. Um, I got a snowblower and a shovel. I got two hands. A man with any man with two hands. Uh, what did Ellsworth say? Yeah. Somebody's going to get these hands, and that snow is going to get these hands. I don't make that much money, Adam. All right, I know I'm. I'm, I'm I don't know, man. You got like
1: seven jobs now, so that, I don't is, know true. that, okay. that
0: is, is true. That is true. I am available. Reach out to me. And I think the
1: PVC me. stuff can pay for this. The, someone to yeah. shovel this. Al Heyman
0: right? is is good Eventually, will pay for my snow removal. There's no question about it. Hey, let's hear from Andre the Giant. You pay. you're going to come and buy on my back all the oh, time? God, that's so disgusting. Uh, <laughs> hey, Adam, before we hear about the rest of the show. We talk rumble, we talk all that good stuff. We should hear a message from our fine friends and folks. Sure. Let's do it. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy award winner, Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is
1: still my country. A gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.
0: It's the NFL offseason, but on pick six, part of the CBS Sports (laughs) Podcast Network, the football season never stops. And we're back. Yeah. All right. Hey, we got to get this thing rolling. What do you want to talk about here? What do you want to do? I, 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 full disclosure, fourth wall. I didn't even see a rundown. I can't even see right now. What do we got going on? We're in a bathrobe. I'm in a basement office with no heat.
1: What is going on? Right <laughs> yeah, that's that's genius. Uh, well, the first thing we need to do, BC, is we got to get it into the main event. Let's do it. This
0: is the main event. Steps oh, man, slow today, sh- but we got it. We, we got this show is
1: show. off the rails already. Okay. So the fine folks here listening to the State of Combat got to hear my 30-minute rundown of wow. the Royal Rumble, and I kept it short. I could, You know the Silver King. I could have gone on an hour, hour and a half on my own, but I kept it short. They didn't hear anything that you had to say coming out of the event. So before we get to Raw and SmackDown and everything that transpired, what did you think of the Royal Rumble You know, from a 1,000-foot standpoint? Overall, did you love the show, like the show, did it live up to expectations? Talk to me. Uh, overall... Really good show.
0: Pretty good damn show. Did not live up to expectations because in advance, my expectations advanced to like insane levels because of how stacked and loaded that card was. Not disappointed though by any means. Card was too long. Main problem was that women's Rumble match going over an hour, going longer than the men's. Did not need to do that. Dragged on way too long. Did not have the reveals, action, names to justify that. Slowed down the show by a lot. And, I don't know, in a lot of ways, look, there was. we always said from the beginning, if you're going to have two full Rumble matches in the same card, you're going to fatigue us. You're going to fatigue the idea of what makes the Rumble special. If you have a 150-man Rumble in Saudi Arabia two months later, you're going to fatigue what we think about the damn match. This time around, you had to book that women's one quick. I know they want to do 30 women. That's fine. It should have been a 35-minute match. And I'm serious about that. You ever see a 20-minute battle royal on Raw, and somehow it ends in, like, seven minutes? You're like... How that happen? We can do that. That should have been shorter. Well,
1: yeah. that that happens because they all start in the ring. Just, I mean. Yeah. yeah. It, it, no, it's a battle sure. royal.
0: That's and the look, difference. Dan O'Brien and, and AJ Styles didn't live up to the expectations that it could have been. It's starting to make me realize maybe that was on purpose. But that ended up somehow being like a time-moving popcorn match in between. But I don't have much negative to say about this overall. And here's the reason why. Men's Rumble match, not insanely great. Pretty damn good. But in both Rumble matches, the right person won and there's still we always say this something to be said about you know making your customers happy giving them what they right. want damn did they want Becky Lynch and damn did they want the damn architect and they got them both and it just so happened that both picks really matched up storyline booking wise with the right choices overall so you, you please everybody so they went to that and it matters when they do that and of course the matches around it I thought both of those women's title matches were fantastic. I thought specifically that Oscar one just absolutely blew me away. Yeah. And then that Finn Balor, Lesnar. I, I didn't really take a post to what people thought about that. I thought that was fantastic business. That's about as great of an eight minute match. Reminded me, although it was different, from how much I liked the WrestleMania thirty three match between Goldberg and Lesnar. Thirty three, right? That's Orlando or is that thirty two? Yeah. Yeah, thirty three. Yeah. Uh You know, that was more of a train wreck, just a beautiful disaster. Look, this match had consistency and storyline. It had intensity. When you get Brock to care, I care. Man, I mean, I'll still say this, and I know you're not as big of a Brock guy as me, but man, when he is dialed in, uh, he might actually be my favorite wrestler, not my favorite in the sense that I, the fan in me that it's still real to lives and dies with his winning. That's not true. I just mean that I am the most dialed in on his matches when he cares that much. He cared. He cared well, about Finn.
1: It's when he cares and when the matches are unique. When you have seven Roman Reigns matches, it's just like, okay, we've seen this. We know the drill, right? But when you get a, a AJ Styles or a Finn Balor or one of these guys, it's like I want to see what happens when these two guys get in the ring. And that's why I always go back to this with Lesnar. I say it to you all the time. I don't hate Brock Lesnar. I hate Brock Lesnar as universal Champion. If you don't have to stick the title with him and he just can just come in and have these individual matches and he wins 90 percent, one of every 10 he loses, then he's good. But he never – A, he never loses and B, he's basically held this title and made it meaningless because it's never on television for two years now. That's the issue I have with Lesnar.
0: Well, that's 2018. And it's more with
1: WWE. Yeah, and
0: you weren't wrong in 2018 because, dude, man, did they really milk the bone and and really try to drag out uh, us to try to hate Brock. But I think 2019 feels a little bit different so far. Man, when Brock is dialed in like that. That's the best
1: of the best of the best of the best of the best that this world has to offer.
0: That match was fantastic. The storyline, the, hey, that dm slider we had that time, that guy who brought up the diverticulitis. Yeah, uh, everything... I, I
1: got him here for a shout-out. His name's Alan at Thuganomic Tutor. He called it. He nailed the storyline.
0: Uh, yeah, and they them going through with it was just perfect. And, look, I don't know exactly where you stand. We talked a little bit on this. I don't know what you said on that recap show, but... Even if Finn is going in the direction of Bobby Lashley, which they sort of teased and showed their hand this week, that it is that, I think Finn got a tremendous rub from losing that match the way he did, getting off his finisher, almost beating Brock, and then taking that beat down from Brock, which is the ultimate. You've seen my tell. You've seen my weakness, and I'm so mad. I'm going to beat you down after the match. I loved every inch of that booking. It was yeah, perfect.
1: My take on it was: I loved the match. I felt afterward the same could have been accomplished with one F5 or two F5s, not six German suplexes and an F5. It just, it 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 seemed like he, all the, all everything that was built up for Balor in that match, like, wow, this guy could really hang with Balor, with uh, Lesnar. Not all of it got wiped out, but it felt to me like a lot of it got wiped out. In the end of the day, Brock can still dominate this guy. And it just like, it, it felt unnecessary to me. It was like, you put him over, so keep him over. Why do you have to then kind of Because it's part
0: of a larger story. The story began with Vince laughing at him and saying he has no chance. It continued with the idea of David and Goliath. It then escalated further inside that match where you're like, holy crap, Finn's hanging with him in kayfabe because he's figured out Brock's weakness. And now it can escalate. I haven't seen any dirt sheet things. I'm just saying what I'd like to see in a SummerSlam main event of some sort. Demon. Finn against Brock Lesnar, I mean that's
1: business. Yeah, that would be that'd that's be fantastic. But you're business. assuming one of them. You're assuming one of them has the title. Uh, you know, and if it's not a title match and it's one on one, and and sure he puts if he puts Finn over, then great. But it just felt to me like it was a way to make Finn. And I said this on the sh- preview show. I predicted his next feud would be Lashley. It makes it made sense. I'm not saying it was some genius prediction, but it it seemed like that was to set up him beating Lashley for the Intercontinental Title at WrestleMania. That, that's what it felt like instead of it being, wow, he can really hang with Lesnar. If he does turn into the demon, he can beat Lesnar and become the universal champion. But he got rubbed. That's
0: my issue. But he got rubbed by Brock. By getting beat up the way he did, he got rubbed by Brock.
1: But he still tapped out. So he, I mean, he did get the rub. He lost the match. That was fine. If he took one or two F5s, I would have been okay with that too. It was just the extent of the beatdown. Yeah, but the it extent was so of much. the
0: beatdown hammered home that he figured the beast out and Brock knows it and Brock's scared of that. That's why you had to go the extra length thing. I don't know that that
1: commentary did their job telling that story. That's probably true. That's probably true. I don't know where
0: commentary is or where they're at these days. Oh, it's terrible. Outside of Corey Graves still holding strong with his one-liners on the spot. He's fantastic. Outside of that, everything about commentary is bad. Well,
1: Byron, I like Byron too, but um, yes, in in a – Totality, it's really not good right now. Uh, Just to kind of... Because I did speak about the individual matches. I didn't talk overall the Royal Rumble. You're right about that women's match, the women's Royal Rumble. It was just too long. 72 minutes was ridiculous. But by putting it there and having the WWE Championship come after that, they were in a no-win situation. Then they have that WWE Championship match be 24 minutes. It was the longest non-Rumble match on the card. And it wasn't even that good when you compare it to their previous matches that you know were better, right? So it's just... They were in a no-win situation, and then with the finish that they had, and we will get to that, and we'll talk about Rowan later, um, but with that finish, there was no way that was going to be good. So you have a C-Rumble match and a C-WWE championship match, and you basically take all the goodwill that you earned with those two opening matches and the surprise uh, Nakamura US title win over Rusev in the pre-show, and you take a show that was super, super hot, and you cool it off. Now, granted, in WWE recently, it would stay cooled off, what they did was they brought it back up again with yeah. Lesnar, Balor, and the Men's Royal Rumble.
0: Yeah, the the way they've spun it off into Monday and Tuesday night, uh, again, you know, I, I said it in the lead to the Raw recap this week. It's like WrestleMania season is upon us and it's alive and well because... You feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Look, it's not it's not overly spectacular. I'm not jumping out of my windows, but it's where it needs to be. I'm ready. I care. The feuds that we already know are happening are hot. The potential of where it's going. And just look, I, I know there's been some talk that uh raw picked up some uh backstage uh writing, writing and in and, and booking guys production. from production, production guys from what was left over of of TNA Impact and felt a different feel for sure on raw this week felt you know it it felt it felt hot it felt good it felt uh a a larger recognition of cool nostalgia of course with Road Dogg and, and Jared. it felt there was a lot going on there that i really liked overall
1: it was a 3 hour show that It didn't really feel like a three hour show. I remember looking down and being thinking it was an hour in it and it was 10. And I was like, whoa, like, where'd that, where'd that? And I'm like, wait, they still have this match left? Uh, You know, the the, um, Strowman McIntyre. And wait, wait, they still have the Rousey thing and they still have Rollins making his announcement. The only thing I didn't like, and this is how we can kind of move on in this main event, we were going to talk about Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey first. But just since I mentioned it, we'll talk about Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. So Seth Rollins comes out like to open the show, right? He doesn't know he wants to challenge Lesnar. The guy for the last month has been going on Raw. I mean, like, Brock Lesnar is an absentee champion. You guys deserve so much better. He wins the Royal Rumble. He's smiling. He nearly cries in the ring talking about it. And he doesn't know he wants to challenge Brock Lesnar. But what sense does that make?
0: Yeah, the, look. There's been there's been a few of these plot holes in, in, in in falls and and we said we said the greater good is that it's good right now it's good it's going in the right direction they've had to sacrifice a few of these we're like oh that doesn't really make a ton of sense I hear you on that one you know what I didn't even necessarily love the fact that Seth and Trips are like lifelong best buds right now out of nowhere I don't think there's been enough of a moment to justify that why, why um
1: why? like I don't I don't find it as best buds it's it's He slayed the king, right? So Trips has a newfound respect for him. And now that he's in this role where he's not a heel authority figure, there's just a mutual understanding of Seth deserves to be in this spot. And he earned his way in. And therefore, that's happening. But don't forget, he came out and Seth was like, hey, I'm not sure who I want. And in a heel kind of little heelish way, Trips did say, well, you need to decide tonight.
0: And there was, a, so. there was a strong level of attention to detail. Having Re- Dan O'Brien and Eric Rowan show up and cut the backstage promo did at least put it out there that there's a possibility he can go in the direction of Dan O'Brien, which I thought was strong. We're going right. to get a lot more into Dean, but the Dean back and forth with Triple H was fantastic. I thought that was Amazing. the best, best part of that opening segment by yeah. far. That was the storyline thread that, that held the whole show together, and I thought it held it together really well, even though I wasn't, like, overly exiting that show fired up now what happened here we had lesnar and Heyman interrupting seth's announcement getting in the way
1: jumping in front of it yeah
0: i love seth coming out going face to face and then the headbutt where'd that come from that was fantastic that shows that this guy's gutsy he's our guy he's our baby face he's going after it he's grabbing the damn brass balls So I get what they're trying to tell us, which is he's not going to back down. Please, sir, can I have some more? I'll take 70 of your damn F5s, and I'm going to keep calling you a bitch. I just thought it kind of ended abruptly. Now, you know, I I get it's a little bit of a cliffhanger. See next week when Rollins comes out and talks about how tough he is and says officially, yes, I'm choosing Brock.
1: I just, ending left me a little like... Well, it it ran long, and Raw got rid of the overrun. USA Network got rid of the overrun. So it ends at 11 sharp. So... He hit that, like, last F5 or whatever the last move was, and the the screen just cut off where what you really wanted is, like, two more minutes of Brock, like, looking down on him, like, maybe stepping on him, t- picking up the title, him and Heyman laughing. There's more. There was a little bit more meat left on the bone there that we didn't get to experience because it went long. So I think that's all it was.
0: How you make this just great, and look, let's be honest here, this match physically has a chance to be spectacular. You mix... Yeah. Brock's brutal physical style with Seth's aerial ability. They're going to have a chance to tell a great story, but to put the icing on that cake and make the story great. I got to have WrestleMania 31 be a monster part of this. When Seth yeah. ran in, stole the show and, you know, in storyline, that was supposed to be Brock's way of, of crushing the new up and coming Roman Reigns. And you never really got that chance there. I gotta, I gotta feel like that's still in play here. That Brock cares about that. And he's mad about that. I, we talk about this. Sometimes they roll out the balls a little bit too easily in these feuds that ultimately sell their selves because right. the, you just want to see the match so bad. But I think if they can conjure up a, a pretty fun story here, you know, they, they've got to give Brock an overarching reason and storyline to really care about this match.
1: They do. Um, you know what I, I coming out of raw and thinking about WrestleMania 31, just since you mentioned it, um, I kept having this nagging thing in the back of my mind on how I would book this at WrestleMania, and we're way off. I mean, look, we got two full months plus, right, until WrestleMania. But how cool would this be? Just imagine this, right? So Heyman, as Brock's, like, corner guy and as his advocate, he doesn't get involved, usually. He he never needs to. He doesn't break up pins. He doesn't do anything like that. Wouldn't it be something if WrestleMania 35 main event, Heyman, like, uh, Rollins covers Lesnar, looks like it's the pinfall. Heyman pulls his leg. He breaks it up, right? Never does this. Coming running out of the back is Roman Reigns. Just to push Heyman away. Let us Seth hit the stomp. One, two, three. Whole things over. You get the massive pop oh, from Reigns. Wow. It brings back the thoughts of WrestleMania 31, where Rollins ran out at the end of the match, even though he's not interrupting, he's not going to cost him it. They're friends. It's a face move. You get the pop from Reigns. You get the pop from Rollins. And your last picture on WrestleMania 35 is Rollins cheering with Reigns, holding oh his arm up and pointing.
0: God, to do I love this? I don't Isn't know that if good? I have the emotions to hit you with the siren, but just hear this for a second. The mega powers are about to explode in my pants right now. The the, the, the juice inside of me is fighting against the uh, the, the negative uh, stuff happening in my body to make me this sick. But I want to tell you this. What have I wanted from the bit forever since we started this show? a real Roman versus Seth feud, like a real one that leads to a solo main event or mid-card main event WrestleMania match that truly, truly matters. And the way I wanted to get there is really the way I want every feud to go. Mega Power style. Why? Because it's the greatest story ever told. The Mega Power Angles was set up by Hogan doing exactly what you just said, coming in and and helping Savage avoid a a loss from the cheating Giant and DiBiase. This is... 2.0 2.0 new school brilliance if they do it this way because yes you will get an insane pop for Roman being back and that's yep. his first time back and his brethren is there from the show and he doesn't
1: have to wrestle he doesn't have to get physically like even if he's not ready which I, I wouldn't expect him to be he can he, he can run I mean uh, you drive see this guy, by he's on working. Heyman
0: a drive by on Heyman would take that bump in a
1: second of course he would he wouldn't even think twice about it. it's from a Samoan he would do it in a second um, it's the type of booking that if they pull it off, if they do that, it would be memorable forever. Like people – it would go down in history. That's the type of booking that is. Wow. But it's the, first, it's the first thing that came to my mind when Raw went off the air. I was like, wait, this is WrestleMania 31, and they could do this. Like they could really pull this off. It would be great. Um, but I like the moment. I think you're right. Seth was the right winner. And as you said you know earlier, having Seth and Becky win the Royal Rumble matches, a lot of people complained – it was predictable. I don't buy that. And even if it was predictable, if they were the favorites, they're the favorites because you read dirt sheets and you listen to us talk about it. And, and everyone's you know, going on and on these days about, oh, this is who should win. This is the matches they should have at WrestleMania. Everyone knows, Meltzer you know, reported that it was going to be Lesnar-Rollins at WrestleMania. So if you're going to go ahead and read that, then of course Rollins is going to win the Royal Rumble. There's only two ways that they can book the Royal Rumble. One, you use the Royal Rumble to start a new storyline. Or two, you use the Royal Rumble to continue a storyline. In both cases, uh, this week, this year, they used it to continue storylines. One with Seth Rollins and Lesnar, and the other with Rousey and Becky Lynch. Well,
0: I'm secure in saying it was predictable, but, you know... But that's okay, though. Predictable is great when it's done right, and... We get upset when you get these Randy or- Randy Orton curveballs, when it's sort of like, Correct. oh, he won? Okay, I mean, I guess I can see it. This, Yeah, you, you, it is predictable, yes, but it creates, I mean, can't miss hot fire matches, the pair of them. If yeah. Rollins-Lesnar and Becky Rousey, with or without Charlotte, are your two matches that matter most coming into WrestleMania, which they will be, Oh, hell yeah. So, right. so yeah, back the F up if anybody had a problem with that. Certainly you can have a problem with both matches not being incredible. It was an overstacked card, and damn, do they overbook the crap out of each of those matches. Um, Can we really have, though, a full men and women's Rumble match on that card every year and not have it suck? Does one have you definitely?
1: To... You definitely can. One opens the show, one closes the show. But you have Some... to have
0: the first one be a little bit non-eventful, right?
1: Um it doesn't have to be non-eventful. It just has to be, it has to go. You have to move it along. Like the women's rumble, you say what you will about 30 women. They obviously reached to have 30 by including a lot of NXT people and a lot of people that really had like Maria, it was nice seeing her, but she had no really business in that match. Right? So if you're going to do that, um, you can't have a minute interval between each one. You got to cut it down, make it 30 seconds. Just r- roll it, let's go, let's go, and, and start eliminating people. There's no reason there should ever be twelve people in the ring. you know if you're, if, if you have a match like that, it just was unnecessary. You don't need the spot with Maria and Alicia Fox and her hat like it was oh, God, it was a that joke.,
0: was that was really bad. I'm just wondering if there's another night on the same weekend. That you can separate the women, and I know it. They would never do it because it would downgrade the women's match. And I'm it not would. saying you put it on the NXT card because that makes no sense. take over. but I'm like if they when they start doing these SmackDown on Friday nights, imagine the rating you get if you say Women's Royal Rumble. No, is no, SmackDown on
1: any. You can't do that. You listen. It's really easy. You open the show with one. If you're gonna have like a five hour show, you open the show with one. Then you have a bunch of short matches, and then you finish the show with one. There's enough space where it's okay. The problem was they went long Royal Rumble, 24-minute Daniel Bryan-AJ Styles match that was slow, then an eight-minute match, and then another Royal Rumble. So there was no, like, period of time where you got to get excited organically very quickly, except for the Lesnar thing. That was just a brief eight-minute interlude between three really, between a 72-minute match, a 24-minute match, and a 60-minute match. You gotta split them up. That's that's the key, in my opinion. Yeah. But, all right, we're talking Royal Rumble V.C., we got to talk about the real main event, the number one main event today. Becky Lynch winning the Women's Royal Rumble, inserting herself into the Women's Royal Rumble after losing to Asuka earlier in the night. And then on Monday, they said, hey, Becky, they did nice little swerve just like with Daniel Bryan. They said, hey, Becky's going to make her announcement on Tuesday on SmackDown. You have the Ronda match with Bailey, which we will talk about, and we'll talk about everything that transpired. But the ultimate, the end of all of it, Becky Lynch coming out, challenging Ronda Rousey. Oh in what I will say is one of the hottest face-to-faces that we have gotten in WWE in quite some time. I am the man.
0: Becky is the man. I mean, shout out to WWE because all we do on this show, and that's the nature of a show like this, is get real mad when WWE sucks and then get sort of, silver king level mad when it's pretty good but it should have been better right that's sort of like the man we know how good you have it there why is it not better this was better this was best taking somebody as red hot as as becky lynch and using her the way they did sunday night she wins the damn rubble and yes say what you will about they had her lose a A sensational title match early. She sort of predictably comes into the Rumble when she wasn't in it, and she wins it, but again, it's the right booking with someone who's that red hot. And then to come back with the surprise on Monday night, and then to open SmackDown again on Tuesday with a promo, this feels like the Attitude Era, because you're you're, you're putting your best foot forward, and you're rewarding the fans. How many times on the show, Adam, do we say, Wrestler A, who the fans love, got their moment on Sunday night, and then they were nowhere to be found on Monday. Like we've, like, yep. there's a lot of that inconsistencies, or there's just a lot of when are they ever going to push this guy because the fans love him. Well, everything is coming up what we want right now. It's it's and it's incredible, and it is at the crossroads of what the smart fan cares about and what is best for business. And at that at that meeting point, it, it's it's a bag of sex, and that's certainly what we had. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, we had it. I grabbed it by the handles. We had that on Monday night when Rousey and, and Becky went in. Look, they went face to face. But Becky's promo, I thought, when she came out, it wasn't even the quality of the words as much as the attitude and the swagger absolutely. was absolutely was a 28 out of a 10. It was you know, it was everything. She is so damn on a roll confident everything we've been praising her for weeks and months it's just perfect she knows who she is she knows who her character is she knows what she needs to be at that moment the cocky looks like everything about that was just yes we've said it forever we don't want this to be the wrestlemania main event we need it to be And even though we're going back and forth, is Charlotte going to be involved? I think Tuesday night still kind of tease that. And I'm sure if everyone's closer to the dirt sheets, they already know what's going to happen. But I think I got swung back Monday night. Tell me if you're wrong, Silver King. That interaction between Rousey and the man left me going. I don't even think I need Charlotte anymore. I'm getting what I want right here.
1: Yeah, uh, a couple of things to unpack from that. One, I don't like comparing Becky Lynch to Steve Austin. I never have. I always kind of turn against it and say, nah, it's Roddy Piper, or a little bit of this, a little bit of that, right? But her booking Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday was Steve Austin. It was stone cold booking. It was loses a match early. It, Austin would have been rolled up in a title match and surprised. Something like that would have happened. Coming out during a, a rumble and taking someone else's spot, Austin would have stunned someone. In this case, Lana was injured, right? And by the way, great piece of booking that Fit Finley was the agent and their countrymen and like, No one really even talked about that, but like he's Irish and he let the Irish person take the spot. I thought that was kind of cool, but gets the spot injured, by the way, injured knee still somehow overcomes her biggest rival to win the rumble. Then they say, Oh, Steve Austin is not going to be on raw Monday. Maybe McMahon suspended him or he's not welcome or he's healing or whatever the case shows up anyway, and then opens the show on Tuesday. That is how they booked Steve Austin back in the attitude era. It's exactly how they books, you know, Becky Lynch. Slight changes, obviously, uh, this week, and I absolutely loved it. To answer your specific question, I had the exact same feeling as you. On this podcast, we have run the gommet together from we need Becky Lynch versus uh, Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Then, it, then when the, we had the matches with Flair, Charlotte, we're like, you know, maybe a triple threat wouldn't be the worst thing. That would be really exciting. We're totally bought into it. Then Monday, I was just like you. I was like, oh, my God, Becky and Ronda, we do not need Charlotte in this match. This is all we need. It's perfect. And then Tuesday came around, and I still kind of have that opinion where one-on-one, I'm back to that being the best case scenario. But you got to be honest. Charlotte's doing great work as a heel right now. It's maybe her best character work since she's joined the main roster, maybe in her entire WWE career. And it just seems so obvious they're going to go with the triple threat.
0: Yeah, it does. It does seem so obvious. Charlotte is is just, look, again, storyline, kayfabe, all that stuff aside, Charlotte is raising her game to equal that of Becky's. Because Becky's going to an all-new level, and Charlotte's doing her best to keep up. (sighs) Here's what's tough, okay? And we're in this, this will end up being a transition into what everybody's waiting for us to talk about. And that's uh, Rhonda. Uh, dropping oh, I have a, a
1: lot more to talk about with this, dropping but, a fat
0: deuce on that microphone. Just oh, yeah, just uh, the problem. There's a lot. There's the potential problem here. It's a, obviously that the fans are turning on Rhonda, that she almost needs to be the heel in a lot of ways, because Becky's so over as the Austin like healing yeah. baby face. And obviously they've, uh, yeah, I've come around. They're purposely turning her baby face and, and doing their best to p- present to you that this is a baby face now after more of a heel start, but maybe Char- having Charlotte in there would remove the need to have to make Rousey heal in an effort to offset the fact that she's probably going to start getting booed all the time because she's up against the, the most beloved person in the company at the moment, mixed with the fact that, yeah, the mic work is suffering and we'll get there. Believe me. Yeah. We will. Whereas I've been saying forever, obviously like, you know, where I see the signs, we're getting closer. She's going to do her best work as a heel. It's time for Shayna and company to be by her side as this dastardly riot squad type of deal. But this is WrestleMania. And for Vince, who's, not thinking the way we are when he plans this. He's thinking about numbers in business. So when he's, if he's going to buy in on the idea of the women closing the show and being on the poster and being the main thing, then it's got to make every bit of sense for him commercially. And I think commercially for WWE, having Rousey as the, as the white meat babyface is still the best move for them. So to offset that problem of the fact that she's going to get booed every time she's one-on-one with the man... Having Charlotte as the go-between, as
1: the half-heel, half-face, might fix that. Because See, can- I'm, I'm not even thinking of it from that perspective, though. Like, I think when you talk about the poster for WrestleMania, it's the star power of having Charlotte on there forever. It's Rousey who, whether she, and we didn't even talk about this, but whether she is with WWE for three years or if she does take a year off and has a baby or whatever the case, she's not there forever. She's there short-term. Oh,
0: God. By the way, her vagina is, is her vagina on <laughs> uh, that ESPN. Her, her uterus story.
1: is her uterus. Oh, her God. vagina how is her brutal. vagina. I
0: get it. But how brutal? I mean, just brutality. Stop
1: I, it. Honestly, I I laughed. I thought it was kind of funny. You, yeah, no, I don't know if no, she was being no. funny, but I, I laughed. What a
0: load of crap! Yes, thank you. Move on.
1: I read the quote and I laughed. I thought it was funny. Um, So I think it's the long-term of we love Becky. Becky's having her moment, Right. I don't know that I can trust that Becky will be the man forever in Vince's eyes and WWE's eyes. Charlotte is. Charlotte is the crown jewel of the women's division in WWE. Like it or not, she has the name, she has the athleticism, she has the pedigree, and she's doing great on the mic, and she's, she's really, really improving as well. So I think long term, when you look at the poster for WrestleMania 35, you want Charlotte Flair's face as the first female main event in WrestleMania history. And you want Becky, we want Becky, so that's for the fans. Vince wants, you know, Charlotte, and then he also wants Rousey. I don't think adding Charlotte makes Ronda a tweener. I would hope it does. It would be really nice. That's what I would like. I think it puts two heels in the match, and I think what that does, it allows Becky to overcome even greater odds, a greater obstacle, as she gets this crowning moment in the main event of WrestleMania at MetLife Stadium. I mean, the key is, I don't care who else is in the match, really. I don't care if Charlotte's in the match. If she is, great. Uh, It's fine. Becky has to go over. The end result needs to be Becky pinning or submitting Ronda Rousey in the main event of WrestleMania.
0: All right. So you just said that. And it makes sense from the idea of let's get Becky over to the level she deserves. If you're going to start her as Austin, and I know you hate that comparison, let's finish her as Austin. But I'm telling you right now, Ronda ain't tanking. Ronda ain't tapping out. Because if you're WWE and you know you have her under contract and you know there's a decent chance based on all these these, uh, dirt sheet rumors that after Mania, she does want to at least try and if you read her quotes from the Shelburne story, it's like, how does one even start to have a kid? Do you just do it? Do you just like if we again, need to
1: explain that to her then again?
0: I mean, yeah. come, I mean, wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. So no sound. I don't have the proper sound drop for that. But wow. Um,
1: I don't know I, that there is a proper sound drop for that, by the way. Go
0: ahead. Um, you can't. There's no need to have her lose there. You. That's kind of why you have Charlotte in there to take that fall for you, because wouldn't mm. it be better if you're a WWE and you you know all the all signs are pointing to it, she'll stay with the company in some form ambassador role make surprise returns maybe have a roxena like existence don't you want her coming back undefeated essentially why take no. this when you don't have to
1: no cuz you don't you're not like you don't build up Oscar's undefeated streaks so she loses her first match in a triple threat
0: well cuz Vince does not care about Oscar but i think Vince
1: cares about Ronda no he cared enough about her to put Charlotte over in that situation despite Charlotte losing the title two days later. I'm, uh, I mean, I see both
0: sides. I'm just telling you right now, I'd be, you're you're
1: saying this is from WWE's perspective, because I don't think Rousey has any issue doing the job. You're saying this is from Vince.
0: I'm saying from Vince's and the idea of, and they're very heavy on the idea of protecting, obviously, even though they make contradictory uh, booking decisions all the time. But why would you give away that loss? When when it's somebody you obviously care about and you've built up huge and she's beating everybody, why do you give away that loss when you don't have to? If it's one on one, you have to. But if you don't have to and you do want to kind of entice her after she does, let's say potentially have a child, to get back in for the next big giant, you know, SummerSlam type opportunity, you run back the rematch of yeah. Becky versus Ronda and you go. Ronda goes, Hey, you never beat me.
1: You know, there's merit. There's merit to that, but you could also have like flair hit her natural selection becky then becky throws her out of the ring and then hits her back sploder and wins via pinfall not submission so she never taps out there's other ways to do it i don't think you build up rousey for a year and you put her in this situation and if she is leaving at the end of the year and even that 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 report that came from Meltzer, where she's done after the year he did not word it properly or something of course she's not leaving she signed a multi-year contract with them even if she takes a break she's coming back like She's doing too well. They're doing too well. They're selling a, selling a ton of merch. She's over as hell, whether heel or face. I mean, it's working. And whether she cuts good promos or not, it's still working. They're selling tickets with her uh and selling pay-per-views, uh, WWE network subscriptions. So I don't know that you have her go out for a period of time without that. Now, there is something else to be said here. It did not get lost on me, and it was obvious, and it shouldn't have gotten lost on you or anyone else either. After the Rousey Sasha Banks match, Banks decides not to shake her hand, walks away, comes back, throws up the four, oh, which yeah. was a feel spot, freaking moment. Like hit the damn siren if you have it.
0: Yeah, I do. I do have it here. What What am I looking for? Oh
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. And then on Raw, they missed this. On regular TV, they put it back up on YouTube. Becky walks to the ring, sees Bailey there, and they don't really have a lot of on-screen interaction because they're have been separated on brands forever throws up the four to Bailey, Bailey throws it back to her. So now you have three of the four Four Horsewomen throwing up the sign in Rousey's presence. And it makes me wonder, maybe Rousey's not done exactly after WrestleMania. Maybe the plan is Four Horsewomen, Four Horsewomen at SummerSlam. They give the title to Becky at WrestleMania, and then they build towards that. They bring up, you know, what's her name? Shayna Baszler can drop the NXT title at TakeOver New York, and they can bring all three of them up. And they start building that rivalry until the summer to the second biggest event of the year. That's where I think it's going. I don't think Rousey's done after Mania. I think she's done after SummerSlam. Since
0: Rousey's bringing up these comments that really make us think, let's just go the full distance with it. If she instantly gets pregnant and has a child, she could be back for WrestleMania next year. The math. Ma- the math. Adds, if she's uh,
1: not going to sit and take care of the kid. Yeah.
0: I mean, So maybe that's their idea. of Worst case if she has, if she does all this right away, hey, we can plug this back in at WrestleMania. But I think you're right. If she, if it doesn't happen right away, if she decides against it, if she only wants to come back for the giant ones, now you potentially have a Becky rematch one-on-one. You, you potentially have the four horsewomen. And here's another potential I want to bring up. We all saw Chris Cyborg Justino, the UFC yep. women's feather, former UFC women's featherweight champion, just lost, of course, to Amanda Nunez, uh, who, by the way, is a obnoxious tweeter and has tweeted about a 4 million times that she wants to take on Becky Lynch and join WWE and eventually get the the Rousey fight that she was essentially denied her entire MMA career because she was one division higher and everyone assumed uh, around Rousey that that's a really bad style matchup for her. And well, was wait, a bad... wasn't she
1: also in a different... Organization and weren't there concerns about PEDs, or am I wrong about that?
0: Uh, That's the PED part is part of it, but it was overplayed by Dana and uh, Rousey along with their ridiculously inappropriate comments about her looking like a man and all that stuff. And then the the ultimate problem was there was no weight class for 145 in the UFC at the time, which was Cyborgs, they were like, if you can make 135, we'll do this. So, yeah, you know, know, and Cyborg would go, hey, Rousey, you started your career at 145. If you're the greatest of all time, why would you not fight me? So, uh, by the way, hold that thought, though. So what if Cyborg is going to have some kind of run-in to prevent Rousey from winning? That they could maybe cash in on later on WWE because you want to talk about a, a crossover match that brings eyeballs? Yes, it's fake fighting it's WWE, but this is a fight that people wanted forever, that they wanted for so long and never happened and probably never will because it doesn't seem like Rousey's going back to the real cage anytime soon. You do that as a WrestleMania or SummerSlam attraction, you're bringing in the eyeballs of the casu- of the combat sports world and the casual sport fan world. That's big business. So I mean,
1: you you can't have a run in freaking Mania, but why I mean, not? that'd be horrible. Why not? No, because because you, you want Lynch to win clean it, some way. You don't want that. Right, well, I mean okay. it'd be cool to see her, but take
0: out Rousey with Cyborg and then have Lynch beat Charlotte. That's my whole point on that.
1: No, 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 right. no. We got no, a lot of time duh. to get
0: we got a lot of time to get sloppy, into it. Sloppy. Sloppy. What we need to Most get into, of course, Adam. We have
1: to. We have to talk about it.
0: We gotta talk about it. And I purposely didn't capture the sound because it's just really bad. And I know you want if you said to me, hey, to be fair, if you're going to capture the bad sound, you got to capture the good sound when she repaired it. And by the way, she did repair it. That's why we opened this segment with the, the sirens and feel spot worthiness of Becky and Rhonda face to face, where almost angry heel Rhonda is but, doing a mic drop moment that was solid. But before we, got- we get
1: off of it, before we get off of it, when Becky Lynch's music hit and she went face to face with Rousey. Did you feel that? Like, Daniel Bryan feel that? Because I did. Like, I don't know. I just want to ask that question because I stood up. I was sitting on the couch. Her music hit, and I, st- I raised to my feet, and halfway through the promo, I'm like, wow, I'm standing right now. You feel that? I felt it in my bones.
0: Wow, Silver King's feeling it in all of his all of his bones. That's the to bottom there. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't stand up. It was, it was a, it, but yes, to your point, there was an energy in the air. That's something okay. giant. Like we just saw a transaction. We just saw the beginning of this, the, of this build to their mania match, which of course had already started, but, but the, this was the turning point moment in a lot of ways.
1: Right. Yes. Now, go, now let's go back. Let's back to start at the beginning
0: up. here. Um, yeah. Silver King. I don't, I didn't plan this, but you know, it, it might be time to go back here to this.
1: You can't handle the truth. No sense. It doesn't fit. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Son, Before you start talking, didn't we? Didn't we? Didn't we just do this two weeks ago? Uh,
0: well, it's time again to put you back on trial. Because Robin how? Was... If I
1: agreed two weeks ago that she was terrible? Well, well I got.
0: I got. <laughs> I got Go something it. to bring out right now. Okay. Ronda Rousey didn't just have a bad moment on Monday night. It wasn't the continu It wasn't just the continuation of a negative direction she's going on the microphone. It wasn't just a new low. Adam Silver King, this was rock <laughs> bottom. This was as bad as it possibly gets. Do you remember that sound we played that I like to bring up a lot that was really bad? I really can't wait to show the man how it's really done. Do you know what that was? That's when you try and you fail. Do you know what she that's that's trying and failing in MMA terms, getting knocked out. Do you know what happened on on Monday? Rousey didn't get knocked out. She tapped out. She quit. That's the difference. She got so owned by the crowd after horrifically delivering the start of that promo that she pulled every bad card out of her bag, which was, I'm going to laugh, which is horrible when you're trying to do the serious promo. Yeah. I'm going to plead with you guys. Hey, guys, I'm going to then do this ridiculous thing of trying to trick you with the microphone of when I'm going to start again. Then I'm going to look angry and pissed and almost look like I'm waiting for you to stop. And then I'm going to get bailed out by, of all things, Bailey, by Bailey coming out in what was supposed to be an open challenge. Bailey accepted a challenge that wasn't there. This was cringy train wreck. Everything that we say, hey, I got these concerns about Rossi. The concerns are over with. The car crashed and the bodies are dead. The reason why you're on trial right now, Adam, because of course when this happens, all the the, the SK haters are tweeting at me. I'm sure they're tweeting at you. I got like five DMs in the span of two seconds of like. How the hell is Adam gonna defend this one? And you know what, Adam Silver King, you actually tried to defend it on Twitter. I didn't defend it. I don't I
1: even mean what happened.
0: I'm not gonna call up your tweet, but I'll read. I will. T- I got it right here. I'll read, to read the my tweet? gist of your tweet. I would love. To, I would love to read my tweet. The, the you want me gist to read tweet? of your tweet was this: Why does WWE continue to put her in situations like this where she can fail? So once again, Adam, you're blaming WWE when. That may have been a 2018 take. That may have been a fall 2018 take. But one year later, on the damn build to WrestleMania, after she deservedly takes all the praise of while wow, you're a natural at this, this is amazing, blah, blah, blah. You may be the first woman to main event WrestleMania. You cannot have what happened on Monday night. And for you to try to defend that by blaming WWE is the ultimate hypocrisy.
1: First of all, don't you ever call me a hypocrite because that's not a hypocritical statement. What it is is explaining something that we know to be true. Let me ask you a question since you're trying to put me on the stand. You're
0: on if this you... trial. You're on this. Okay. Trial. I'm not trying to do Let anything. You're me, on I'm, the trial.
1: I'm going I'm I'm to cross. Uh, what the hell is that called?
0: I hope not stream
1: because I'm not crossing. <laughs> you know, well, I'm trying to prosecute you. Um, cross examine is the word I was looking for. First I'm going to cross examine you. did UBC. not.
0: Thanks, honey. Thank you. Keep it going.
1: And by the way, uh, shout out to Sarah at Crimson Heel too. Did you see that picture she posted on Twitter? No. Where she made like snacks for the Royal Rumble, and she made like. By the way, I was not banging sunny side up eggs. You didn't oh, see that? I did not. That's brilliant. And she sent it to us. It was incredible. Shout out to her. That's I'm getting, that's back. I'm getting back. Rushmore to this. type stuff right there. Yes, keep it's, it going. It's, it's really great. I'm getting back to this. So to cross examine you, you are the lead, you are Vince McMahon, you are the lead Booker for WWE TV. Okay. Royal Rumble's over. You have to have Ronda Rousey out in the ring. Do you, Brian Campbell, book her alone in the ring for a solo promo for ten minutes? Do you put her in that position? Just answer me, yes or no. Knowing her abilities and her lack of abilities, do you do that? Do you put her in that position?
0: It's easy to say no, but because this that's is also the, answer. the guy who's the answer considering. Is no. uh, again, let's talk about Vince's decision making here. It's different than the Mark in us going, "Hey." This match is hot. Let's put it on last. The decision maker in Vince is probably saying to himself, "If I'm going to put this woman in the main event of WrestleMania, the last match, a historical setting, because my daughter and her damn son-in-law won't stop pushing me about chicks <laughs> trying to cover them up and put clothes on them and trying to tell me that you know how to live my life. No, then she better, then Adam, this, she better be able to handle that promo. No, and you by don't the way, that, you
1: don't do that in month eleven, BC." or in month 12. She's it's been month there for 13 uh, the, at this point. Here's fine. The... Whatever she's been, there, she's been there over a year. You don't do that. Then in month three, you say, you know what? Let's throw her out there. Sink or swim, Rhonda. You, when you know, she cannot do it, which I'm saying, I'm agreeing. She cannot do it. She's not good enough on the mic to do that. Why would you put her out there to do it? That doesn't change the fact that she failed. She failed. It was terrible. It was embarrassing. But as the person who is booking out, the show, she, she tapped, tapped out. out she tapped out but as the person that is booking the show you do not put her in that position to fail period there's you cannot again, tell me I'm wrong again, about that Again that's a March 2018 and no, August
0: 2018 take that's not a It's a day January one 2019 take if Vince keeps putting her there one year if Vince later McMahon,
1: if Vince McMahon insists on continuing to put her there that is the result they are going to get she cannot carry a solo Adam, promo
0: stakes are raised. We're talking about the WrestleMania main event. It doesn't event. matter
1: if it, you, can't no wrestle, you can't wrestle, you can't wrestle. There's it, no more. If you can't wrestle, you can't wrestle. If you can't do a shooting star press, you don't say, hey, go out and do a shooting star. press. Hey,
0: Shane can do a shooting star press, by the way. Shout Shane out can, to Shane. But I Good can't.
1: Lord. You're not going to say to You're not going to say, hey, Silver King, you're, you're going to get a, a run in in this match. Go do a shooting star press because when I do, I'll go 15 degrees and I'll break my neck on the mat. All right. You're talking about a
0: move that could kill you as opposed to having somebody on the mic, somebody who's a that, actress, who's a public-facing oh, come person. On, she's far from an actress. She's far from an actress. Okay. But somebody who's a crossover phenomenon. Yeah. You she should horrible, be able to she, handle this at this point. Who we now she know 13 quit. months
1: into her career is ter- – or 12 months into her career is terrible on a live mic by herself. By the way, We let's, know this.
0: Let me say this. We, we've we both trashed the fans that still keep the what chant going. It's an old Steve Austin joke. It sucks when it comes up at the wrong times and they won't stop. And there's very few people, Steph McMahon, one of them, who can shut down a what chant just by being clever. But the one thing I like about the what chant is it's a sink or swim type thing. When somebody's on the mic who shouldn't be or potentially shouldn't be and right. they get hit with that, it's like getting rocked in a fight and seeing how they re- respond. I think I saw... Uh, Sonia Deville recently, the last time she cut a promo, she started, she stumbled the first sentence, she got nailed with the what. And you know what, to her credit, she, she repaired it, she finished yeah. the job. Not great, but she finished the job. These people came at Rousey, but again, rightfully so, you got to be able to deliver on this level, and she quit. It was a major turning point moment. And then I'm waiting for you to say it. Just say it. She doesn't have it in that category, and you came back again and blamed someone else.
1: How dare I didn't you? blame someone else. What she did was horrible. It was bad. I've said this for weeks, for months. I've said, you're right. She's not good on the mic. I thought at first, months ago, it was the material. When we came to find out that she, they're allowing her to write the material, I was like, well, that's it. I don't have another leg to stand on. She's not good at this. But what I have said consistently with Ronda Rousey, and I've said it for months, Brian, months. She cannot cut a solo promo in the ring like that. She can't do it on script, off script, whatever. And she cannot, her number one flaw, she cannot improvise. And they put her out there, not only to do a solo promo, a position they never should have put her in. They put her in a position where they knew they should have known that a hot Royal Rumble Big Four crowd was gonna come out and chant the hell for Becky and boo her. It's a position that veterans struggle. They don't fail. Veterans struggle in that position. Chris Jericho, Someone like Chris Jericho is like the mountaintop of that. Someone like The Rock, right? They're the best. They don't get rattled by stuff like that. But like you put Roman Reigns in that same position, he's going to stumble. He's going he's, he's to struggle out there. Ronda, who's not even decent at this, is going to fail and flounder. And that's exactly what happened. Now, I agree with you. You have to give her credit for coming back. And just like I've been saying for months, when it's improvisation, when it's long solo promos, she's terrible. But when she gets to speak from the heart and she gets to be a mean badass, and she only has to say three sentences, she dominates. And she did it in that promo with Becky Lynch. All
0: right, but just to close on that, you had a chance to support the truth, and you passed the blame. You passed the buck in the moment.
1: I didn't, dude. Like, are you listening to what I'm saying I or not? Every
0: word. Every word about okay, it. Okay. Well, yeah. I just
1: said she's terrible. And then I said. I'm knowing that saying, she is terrible, you can't matters. do that to her.
0: Your reaction matters. And your first reaction was to pass it along. So that's why you sat on trial and the people can decide in the end.
1: The people. So, so I need to come out. So you're saying me. I need to come out and say, A, number one, she was terrible. But also just for FYI for everyone, this shouldn't happen. I can't just give my criticism. Hey, I'm not the people that flooded my account with with the the
0: jury of your peers came after you, and I'm giving you a chance to defend yourself among their
1: accusations. I'm not defending myself from anything. She was really bad in the moment. Simultaneously, this is just what I said two weeks ago. Simultaneously, WWE should not be putting her in a position to be bad. They should only put her in positions to succeed. They're paying her enough money where she should never embarrass herself out there, but they know if, or they should know if she's going to go out there and cut a solo promo by herself and have to improvise against a crowd that is not there for her. They are there for Becky. She's going to fail. All right. I got they a question her, for you They put things. her in a position to fail. I got
0: a question for you. Kentucky long rifle. What is that email? We got a million rowzy DMS. I'm sorry. I can't get to them all. I did want to hit one from black saber jr. A regular around here at TKCXP on Twitter. I have no idea what that means, but shout out to a great name. He just wanted to know, hey, has the crowd already started to turn on Ronda? Should they pull the trigger on a heel turn since it's hard to imagine a snarky mania crowd cheering her over Becky and the rumors of her potentially leaving? Which, by the way, the rumors may play into some of this hatred, like you're too good for us, you're going to leave, which has been a thing in the past. So I want to specifically angle the question from Black Saber and and add my own spice to it and point it at you, Adam, and say we already kind of hit up earlier Charlotte in there to prevent the need for a heel turn. I want to ask you, was this a turning point moment that this bad promo where the fans will now boo her for good?
1: Hmm. I don't know if the promo creates that. I think her going up against face Sasha Banks, face Bailey, and then face to face with a baby face in Becky Lynch creates that. I think WWE led the fans toward this position. Now, I don't necessarily think they thought maybe they'd be as, you know, boisterous as they were chanting for Becky, but don't forget also, the fans just kind of chanted for Becky at the beginning. Then they noticed Rousey was like losing her place and struggling. So they went further. They brought it, they, they made this happen. So yeah, I do think that as long as she is opposed to Becky Lynch and the four Horsewomen, she will be a heel, or at least not a pure baby face. Um, and I think you and I have agreed for quite a while, she never should have been a pure baby face. Her smiling and like being okay with things never really made sense. It's when she has that, when, when it clicks and she becomes a badass, whether it's in a promo or in the ring, that's where she's great. That's where Brock Lesnar is great. Brock Lesnar doesn't come out smiling and then someone steps up to him and he switches into a badass. He's always a badass. That's what Ronda Rousey should be.
0: All right. All right. That's fair. Uh, she did repair it. Let's not bury that lead at all. Of course, you, you transferred into that a, a minute ago before I stopped you, but she certainly did repair it. The the, the intensity was there. It, it leads you to believe, yes, I think she would also, absolutely thrive as a heel. But again, it doesn't necessarily have to be a heel turn. It could just be who she was in UFC, which is this really aggressive, competitive person. And- She's a heel.
1: She is a person as a heel. That, that's just naturally that's what she is and for allowing her to be herself and cut those three sentence promos is all you need. All she should ever do is grab a mic three lines and out. I said it months ago. I said it last time we had this conversation two weeks ago and I'm saying it again today and you saw it. Her last like four promos, the front halves have been terrible. The back halves where she's just wrapping it up and being a badass have been awesome. And this stuff about like, hey, if this was real life, I would kill you. I love it.
0: All right. Wow. Well, nice. <laughs> natural born killer stuff right there.
1: I am a natural born killer.
0: Wow. This guy, Silver King, talking about front halves, back halves. Is he an ass man? Where are we going with this? Anyway, what are we? where are we going next? Where are we going next? Let's transition out of here.
1: Well, we're out of this main event, and we're going to go to our second part, which is like our fifth part, because we've talked about so much already. Yeah, we're like Dean Ambrose in. news. Yes. Yeah, Dean Ambrose news to talk about here. And it was announced – well, first it was reported, and then it was announced by WWE on Tuesday that Dean Ambrose will be leaving WWE after his contract expires. Did not ask for his release. Is not leaving early after his contract expires. That expires at the end of April, which would probably be May 1st. Um, WWE confirmed this, as I said, via a nice announcement that they first sent out to media organizations. I forgot to ask them for it, but they sent it to others. Then they tweeted it. Then they posted a story on the website. So, what you know off the top? What do you make of this entire situation with Dean Ambrose? And we have some subtopics to talk about. One of which may surprise you. But why don't you go ahead?
0: Uh, this is a massive story. You and I argued before this podcast started. I think this is the biggest story of the whole week, without question. In fact, we should have opened the show not even with a long intro, not even with sound drops. Just talking Dino. Why? because when we talk about things like the damn revolution we talk about things like AEW launching we often have the same debate of artistry and whether creativity means more than a certain level of guaranteed money to certain people and that the art might end up mattering and we all know the business is at a level right now that it's hasn't been at in a very very long time and i think this plays right into it because we said for something like and look uh, we're gonna we're gonna debate right now in a minute if this a is work. Is it going to AEW? Who knows? I'm not saying anything about either way at the moment.
1: Just the fact, you already mentioned it that you that's what you expect.
0: Just the fact that this is happening right now is massive. Why? Because if we said for the revolution to work and anything outside of WWE to happen, it can't just be Chris Jericho going to AEW. It's got to be somebody in their prime that matters that brings viewers. Yes, right. we expected someone or some people to eventually leave WWE when they were unhappy to join Neville and Hangman and Cody and the Bucks over there at AEW. Could it be, Dean? To me, this is massive. The, here's a key question here, though, and that's the WWE jumping out with that press release, and it's leading I... a lot of people. In fact, I 75 yeah. DMs to say work. Let me start first. I'm going to come out you and say I don't believe it's a work. I believe this is happening. So what? If I do, I have to justify. Of course
1: you do. Of course you do.
0: If I Go do, ahead. I have to justify what them doing on that release. What that means? I guess I could. I could, you know, try to guess that they're getting ahead of the story. They're trying to get page views themselves. They say if this is already out there on on dirt sheets why not you know we put out our own story i wonder if there's negotiating elements in there if they say okay if you really are that unhappy then fine we'll let the world know that you're that unhappy so it's not like it's a big free agent situation and you're leaving us maybe there was some contract argument maybe they thought dean was trying to do this to get more money i don't know on the inside of it but what this screams to me well the,
1: just to quickly say the report was that it was not a money issue they offered him seven figures a year for five years as downside
0: go ahead and I also, and, and so this screams to me that it still matters. The art still matters. And one of the debates we often have that I don't think you hear, Silver King, is that the lifestyle of WWE is not healthy. And I know they make a lot of money, but is it really worth it in the end? And it's shocking, of course, someone in Dean's position to suddenly, if this is true, be this unhappy and be willing to give up this giant new contract he's facing and walk away. But here's the deal, ultimately, on this. Is Dean Ambrose a member of the shield? Yes. Does he feel like a made man? For sure. But he's not a top guy right now. And he probably won't be ever again. He had a short window after Seth Rollins' injury. where they jobbed they him out to Triple H. They played with him a little bit. They put the yeah. title on him. They sent him to New Orleans that time. You remember on Raw and he's drinking and walking around with it. He's got Terry Funk. He's got all this stuff going on. I'm going to pause the cough again. By the way, I got this cough button. It's gross. Luckily, you're not hearing everything coming out of me. (laughs) But here's my point. Does somebody like Dean Ambrose in his physical prime at age 33 wake up each morning and know he's a top guy? Yes, of course. To be at that level, you got to believe in it. Do you think he wants to be a wingman the rest of his life when the business is this hot fire at the moment and there actually are options outside of WWE? And he is such a weird personality from what we know about him. And I think you go back and watch that Steve Austin podcast that's on the WWE Network. That's probably the number one thing that shows us who this weird guy really is underneath it all. He doesn't seem to be someone motivated just by money. He's somebody who, when we interviewed him two SummerSlam's ago, said, man, I love all those dead and death matches and blood, you know, blade jobs we used to, I used to do back in the day in the Indies. Here's someone mm-hmm. who is into it for different reasons. His longtime legacy is wingman. Do you know who he is? He's James Harden on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, you get to be the sixth man. You get to hang out with Durant and Westbrook. You're part of the shield, man, and that's forever, brother. But you're never getting past Rollins or Reigns. You're going to have cup of coffee moments where you join them in main events or maybe even go against them. But you're never going to be the guy. And Dean, he tasted it.
1: Dean Ambrose looks like he wants a piece of this pie. Well, he
0: did taste that pie. We did see him, by the way, at WrestleMania a couple of years ago walking with the two glasses of champagne. We know he's tasted that pie. But he tasted for a brief moment a slice of what it felt like to be on top of WWE. And since then... He's never gotten back. They've reinvented the shield twice, but we all know the reasons why they did it. And it didn't really go anywhere. And it seemed like they appeased him by going in this direction of heel that kind of worked at first. But again, where the hell is it going? When you look ahead to WrestleMania before what happened on Monday night, where was Dean Ambrose going? Probably not into an IC title feud. Probably would have been an add-on in some match. Or or maybe nothing. Really, maybe nothing. Maybe in a battle royal or something. There was that didn't seem like there's anything for him. And if this guy is thirty three and in his prime and knows if I sign again, I won't get another chance for five years to decide my future. I'm in my physical prime. I'm an artist. I just saw what Cody did to reinvent himself. This matters more. Is it complicated that his wife is the voice is is a raw commentator, and what do we do now? Is this a work? It's all complicated. Yeah, I got about that's a minimal issue. Yeah. Seventy-eight DMs about that. It's a work, and I'm going to throw that to you in a second to get your take on that. And all of it does make sense. The early announcement, everything about that. But this is a guy. When I give those messages on this show to Ferg, Finn, come back over to the other side. Come back where you can express yourself. We've heard. The rumors on the dirt sheets that Dean is just not happy with this hokey booking. And WWE in general is hokey booking. It's a PG product. Dean comes from blood. He comes from blading. He'll probably do better in an environment where he can be a lunatic fridge, where he can swear, where he can be edgy, and where he can be a top guy. This actually makes an ass load of sense. Dean Ambrose is proving that he's a maverick. He's proving that he's cut from the same cloth as yours truly. He's daring to be great. (laughs) Dean Ambrose, you are my brother in arms in this battle. Go out there. And I know Renee put out a picture on Instagram of him sitting in front of the mountains and saying, go chase (laughs) your dreams and all that. And if this is a work, then this is beautiful. But I don't believe it is.
1: Oh, my God. I believe when he looks at
0: the depth chart, he's not happy hitting sixth in the Yankees lineup and winning Rings when he knows he can be the man, not Becky Lynch. He can be the man somewhere else. James Harden Uh. knew he had more in him than being a spot up three point shooter for a title contending team. Look at where the beard is right now. People fear him one day again. People will fear John Goody or whatever that what's Dean Ambrose's real name. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're a lunatic. Be that lunatic. (laughs) Go outside on the fringe, take a Are you done? (laughs) Stop. This is inspirational stuff, Adam. It's a big joke. It's a big joke. It's great
1: calling it's hysterical calling a guy a maverick when you don't even what if he never wrestles again? What if he retires? Is he still a maverick?
0: He's going all in on himself. When Brandy (laughs) one day gets in his face and says when when Chief Brandy Officer says, Are you all in?
1: Renee slaps, slaps the crap
0: out of her. Yeah. And he'll be like, isn't Campbell? Allen? didn't
1: you ask him that on the show that time? Right.
0: And right. you weren't talking about wrestling and, he, and she'll say, yeah. all right,
1: let's all right, let's stop the rant and actually get, get to talking about this. So I'm going to I'm going to reply to a couple things you said. So first of all, comparing him to Harden is actually pretty good comparison. The interesting thing, though, is Harden left. And did he make some money? Yeah, he made some money. He hasn't won crap. And when he the MVP and, award, and he's changing basketball, con- oh, that's awesome. He hasn't won a single ring. And, you know, it's funny when Durant and Westbrook stayed together on Oklahoma City, they didn't win crap either. Durant had to go to the equivalent of WWE with the Golden State Warriors to win something, yeah, he okay? to finally win something. So it's funny. It's, it's an apt comparison, but it's also not because while Harden is making money and he has success and he can score a ton of points, he ain't doing much else. Okay? Are you kidding me? What is he not grow. doing much else? He's arguably the best player in the entire league. He's not winning championships. Right, he's
0: trying his ass off doing it and he's, and he's not, fulfilling he's his individual potential, which is what Dean wants
1: to do. And he's and he's more than welcome to. But I I found that funny. Number 2, talking about him giving up money potentially. If he does sign with AEW, he ain't giving up much money. Okay? I don't know what they're going to pay. My guess, if it is reduced dates, he's going to make a strong high six-figure salary which is pretty close to a $1 million downside in WWE and merch money and blah, blah, blah. People act like if if you're a huge star, if you're a huge star, like Dean Ambrose is leaving WWE, it is risky. Yes. I'm not saying it's not, but if someone like AEW is willing to pay you, if Cody's been in your ear, even though they're not technically supposed to legally, but if Cody's been in your ear saying, Hey, we will sign you. If you leave, we will pay you this much money. He's going to be fine monetarily, but I agree. At least if you believe the dirt reports and if you believe him, Money isn't the motivating factor for him. So whatever to that. Um, but I don't think this is – you're mentioning about it being a push issue, about him, him being the sixth man. I don't think that's an issue. I don't think it matters whether he's WWE champion, universal champion, whether he's in the main event. If it is something like that, it has to do with booking and creativity. I don't think he's that's able connected.
0: to be – That's connected to that. No, you I
1: don't think. have to – no, you can be extremely creative and have a great run, look at New Day and WWE and not be world champion. Well, they're five time tag team world champions. Okay, I but think. yeah, but still, don't you think Kofi and Big E want more than that? I do. I do, but I think ultimately it
0: is all connected. The idea of trying to find out how good you can be creatively and then simultaneously with that be a top guy when you're Potentially,
1: top... but but Daniel Bryan with the character he has, it's great that he's champion. But if he wasn't, it would still be working.
0: True. It wouldn't work on the same level if he was US champion, though.
1: He doesn't have to be any champion. He's the planet's champion. It doesn't matter. Is my, point is, my point is, it's more of a booking and creativity issue than it is a push issue. I mean, this guy's he, he, he was WWE champion on SmackDown for a long time before he got injured. And he was like their workhorse guy before he got hurt. But you I can't just wanted to underscore
0: how important for an artist the idea of, of, of strong levels of creative control are.
1: I, no, I agree with that, but I don't think it's a push issue is what I'm trying to say. I think it's a creative issue if there is one. Now, you know how you solve a creative issue with talent who's kind of feeling down on himself and down on booking? You start a storyline where you really make everyone in the entire world believe it's real when it's actually not. Now, do I think he's leaving? Do I think this is real? Yeah, I do. I'm with you. I think it's real. Um, I think WWE put the statement out most likely to kind of say, look, maybe you don't know where you're going. There's still two plus months left here, maybe three. There's three months left. Maybe at the end when it does expire, maybe you decide, hey, I do want to stay, but I only want to come back for a year. They don't want to slam a door shut where they don't need to yet. If he was going to sign with AEW and he's already made that decision and he, let's say he informed them of that, that's different. Then maybe you say you take him off TV, you don't use him anymore, whatever. But in this case, I think you can say, hey, we're going to we'll, we'll let you go. We're going to be nice about it. Go try AEW for a year. You're going to want to come back and we'll welcome you back when you can. So I do think it is probably real, but I'm going to lay out the case for it being a work because I think there's a really good case for it being a work. Number one, the situation with Dean and Triple H. What happened Monday night with Dean Ambrose is the best we have seen from Dean Ambrose since his return. True. Just simply put, his promo, his interaction with Triple H, the stuff with Rollins, him putting Rollins over clean doesn't bother me. I think that would... If it is a work, advance the storyline. But the stuff with Triple H was fantastic, and the stuff with Nia Jax was great, and the backstage stuff that they put on social media where they're like, well, what do you have to say to Nia Jax about her doing that to you? It was just real, his answer, the way, his tone, everything was really good. That's number one. Number two, he was sitting in the ring with his music playing coming back from commercial. And they wrote into storyline him taking the mic, and the first words that, he, that came out of his mouth were, when I signed with WWE and then his mic got cut. If it wasn't fake and it wasn't a work, why would you let him say those words? Why would that be part of the storyline when he didn't need to say anything? He could have just started talking about something and Nia Jax could have cut him off or he could have opened his mouth and Nia Jax could have cut him off or a myriad other things could have happened. You didn't need him to say anything. Why did he say those specific words in that specific moment? Then, if if it's a work and you're going to believe in this conspiracy, why did WWE release that statement when they never release a statement like that for anyone else? Ever. Especially this far in advance, especially admitting when the contract expires. The last time something like this happened was CM Punk. And he re-signed his contract on the final day of his contract. He signed a new deal on the final day of his contract to remain with WWE. So, I'm not saying it's a work. But I just laid out what I believe is a decent opinion or, or a decent uh, strategy for how this could be the start of a work where they're working the dirt sheets, they're working the fans, and two people know the real storyline, Vince McMahon and Dean Ambrose.
0: And there's a good chance if it is the ultimate work that they're not telling anybody else. So I wonder if uh, – a couple of things. Look, if you're going to support the work thing, you nailed out right why – there are a couple sort of like well that did happen why did that happen moments within there uh another one is somebody's definitely been watching cm punk's greatest hits lately because uh daniel bryan and rowan have all the feel of cm punk and uh straight edge society with gallows and uh serena right. Deeb next to him and which i'm waiting for brie bella to show up with her head shaved <laughs> and certainly like you mentioned there's a dean parallel here to cm punk where uh You know, you know what Sound Drop is coming next. You all bought it.
1: You all bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. You all bought it.
0: And if that happens, then genius to them. But maybe we can both be right. Maybe he is really frustrated, and he seems like a difficult person to deal with. I don't think it's always storyline when they're like, Hey, Renee, what's up with your dude? Like, what's up with your husband? This guy's insane. Again, go back and watch the Austin podcast. You see, you know, talking about his childhood and how he's just not an easy person to talk to. He's a little weird dude. And that's just the truth. He wrestles in jeans. He looks in a wife beater. I mean, let's be honest here. What if we're both right? What if he says, I am unhappy? I do want to leave. And they say, here's the deal, Dean. We got this really cool idea to keep you. It's giant work. All right. We want you to go away these last two months and think about it. But should you end up staying with us, we're going to set up your exit. In a way that can very well, if you decide to stay, be plugged back in and you will be potentially the hottest thing. Look what we just did with Becky Lynch. Look what we're doing right now with Daniel Bryan.
1: Exactly.
0: And if that is the case, then I'll easily eat humble AEW pie on my indie dreams and say, this is them trying again. This is Vince. And of course, I'll connect all the dots and be like, why is Vince trying this hard? Because there's real competition out there. And you better believe they're watching everything. Closely. Because their product sucked for six months. Okay, thank you. But this, in the end, is great news for all of us and all the wrestlers out there. Love it. Dean, That's tr- I support you.
1: That's true. Work or shoot it is good news. Because it's either a really good work or it's just a shoot, and someone's leaving, and it's an opportunity to see what actually would happen if they do go to AEW or do something like that. Uh, we do have a DM slide from Tristan Atliano. If you want to hit the uh, that's my drop,
0: that's my guy.
1: Yeah. Atliano underscore Tristan, and he, you know, he will send us a DM, and it's like a, it's like an essay, basically. So I boiled the entire thing down to: What the hell does WWE do with Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania? And I think it's a good question because the options are there's two options. One, you put him in nothing because if he is leaving, I don't necessarily know why you give him a WrestleMania rub on his way out, even though there's a 90 day non-compete afterward and he wouldn't be eligible to really wrestle anywhere until August 1st. So even if, even with that, I don't know that you give him a WrestleMania rub and I don't know that you send him out unless you're going to keep him. But Are they building to a Nia Jax-Dean Ambrose intergender match? Are they building to a Triple H-Dean Ambrose match? What exactly do you think the plan should be or will be with Dean Ambrose, given the state of the storyline or real-life storyline? If they're
0: keeping him and this is all work, then it has to matter. And what matters is him feuding with Seth Rollins in something really... Great and juicy in my eyes. Seth
1: Rollins will have an, a universal championship match. At Seth
0: Rollins and Reigns it, it, somewhere around there as well. And look, I know they gave away that Shield triple threat match at the Battleground pay per view in 2016, and we were all like, "What? Yeah. Why? Why? No, guys, that's a SummerSlam slash Mania main event. And if you end up doing that at SummerSlam, then yes, 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 to what you're saying there. There was some talk about Nia Jax being in the Men's Rumble, and was that in good taste in 2018? And my good friend, boxing promoter Lou DiBella, got hammered out by the WWE universe for saying that it was bad. And I think even uh, Matt Seidel and uh,
1: Dude, it was a shit Ryan
0: take. and a couple others Brian, came out. It was a
1: it was a horrible take.
0: I'm not I'm not completely against that take. Just so you know. And by oh the way, he's God. a giant wrestling fan, so I think people got a lot wrong in that thinking that's that fine when it was trash outside oh, yeah. in. If he wants to stand on that mountain, I'm not against it. But uh, I don't know if Ambrose, no one, here's the thing, no one really cares about Nia Jax. They've ruined that whole thing. So I hope not. I think, you know, him getting beaten up by Nia was just all about either you got to leave on your back in a bad way. Right? Jeff Jarrett in China, like you got to leave in that regard. So whether it's a work or not, they set that up nicely. But um, the Triple H thing to play this into a work is very interesting because, As much as I want the work to end in Reigns and Rollins, because it's important, Triple H is obviously monster important. And Triple H does not have an opponent for Mania. So sound your alarms on the potential work. Yes, this does make sense. They did really good work together. Let's not forget in the main event of that in-between pay-per-view called Roadblock a couple years ago that was essentially a house show on the network. And that is the kind of business that would get somebody happy who's very unhappy when you can let him be despicable and let him channel his CM Punk. Yeah, that's the right choice overall. Yeah, yeah that
1: is. If, it, if it's a work, you put him with Triple H and you let him win. Because he should have won that roadblock match. That was ridiculous. Um, they could have strapped a rocket to him after that. It would have worked. You let him win against Triple H if it's a work. If it's not a work, I would be really curious. And I think it would be somewhat petty of WWE. Not that they're above being petty. To put, like, Ambrose and Nia Jax in an intergender match and have Nia Jax beat him. That's just, it seems too far. Uh, If it was me, if I was booking, and he was actually leaving, I don't book him for WrestleMania. Simple as that.
0: Yeah. That's why, look, if you're going to believe it's not a work, then getting out there, putting the statement out now, and not having him on TV beginning next week, that would make a lot of sense. Why are you going to have somebody on TV who's unhappy,
1: Oh, not, I don't think they're pulling him off TV.
0: You're not going to gain much from having him lay down for somebody at Mania because everybody's going to know. I don't, know I don't
1: think they're. I don't think they're pulling him off TV either way.
0: I think they are. I think either way they are. I think in both cases you will not see Dean Ambrose anymore on WWE.
1: Oh, I think we see him next week. Interesting.
0: Very interesting. very yeah. interesting. I, I seriously, I don't. I, we're not going to see him again. That and I think it f- it fills both masters. It makes the work better and why would you use him why would you and here's the thing well, by the way to fuel the idea of what i'm saying of why he could and should be unhappy if he believes that he's james harden let's not forget ambrose was the iron man in two of the last 3 years the iron man is the person who's worked the most dates without getting hurt and worked well, the most house shows worked the most matches over the whole year and when you do that and what's your payoff for that and if it doesn't equal the belief you have in yourself then that's why i can understand this but
1: well his payoff for it was mrsa and uh you know, like a year on the shelf was really his payoff. And, I mean,
0: and that piece of pie that he has, too, that, you know, some of us would, would, would
1: like, you know? Yeah. Tag. All right. Tag. Um, all right. Uh, BC, we are out of the main event. We have a lot of show left, believe it or not, despite all of our talking. It's got to be quick. Let's it's move... got to be lightning. Uh, I think some of it can be. Some of it can't be. But let's move on to Hero or Zero. All right, we'll start off. Rowan returned to WWE to join Daniel Bryan's fight to save the planet. And Bryan also debuted a new WWE title on SmackDown. There's a lot to talk about here. Probably should have been a main event topic. Hero was Zero to the entire turn... This character has taken since the Royal Rumble, the additional story.
0: It was already a monster hero. It's gone to, you know, sound the sirens, sound the alarms, sound the weird sound drops of us sounding like we are pouring two bottles of milk over our faces. Oh, man, I'm fired up for this. It's so damn good. I believe it was you, Silver King. Tell me if I'm wrong, that uh, had this booking idea from the beginning of some form of recycled championship. Am I right?
1: Yeah. Well, I just said it didn't make any sense. Like the. Second or third week, he had this character. I was like, why? Or after he won the title, I was like, he hates cows and leather and and eating animals. Why the hell would he have this championship? And he did say in the TLC promo that he was going to replace the title, but that was December. That was like mid December. This is over a month later. I love it. This is genius. Dropping in the
0: garbage can like it's Riddick Bow to avoid the Lennox Lewis fight, you know, 25 years ago is genius. Having Eric Rowan kind of works, you you know, dressing them both as Kurt Cobain. It's just kind of working out in an amazing way. You do need muscle for somebody that small who's going to act that dastardly. And yes, he's purposely pulling off the, let's say, Brett Hart, uh, Bob Backlund comeback sort of way where they're a heel, but they're a heel because they're so over the top on their babyface beliefs. Like he's got a shirt. I don't I can't read it verbatim, but the shirt that yeah. he had was like standing no up no
1: racism it. no sexism no bigotry yeah. like positive messages standing
0: yeah. up for everything that's good and it just like by the way saving the planet is everything that's good and him <laughs> talking about that he's the you know what did he say he's the the, the, the planet's champion i mean it's just all yeah. it's just all brilliant everything's great and i do want to play you a quick dm slide from our people because we love these guys from Trevor at Trey Doherty. Good dude. I do follow him on I'm Instagram. I'm get a little bit into his life a little bit. Good guy there. He says, BC, hope you're feeling better. Yeah, well, me too, Trey. I'm not yet, though. But uh, I got something for you to possibly fire you up. Maybe you could bring it up on the pod. Bro, we're bringing it up right here, right now, okay? Back to the DM slide. You get Rowan helping Daniel Bryan. Possibly Luke Harper comes out, too. And you get a three-man tree-hugging heel group. Not a faction, so shout-out to Silver King, he says. Let's say the AJ feud continues. He needs some backup, right? Well, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. And he gets the damn good brothers to back him up, and we get a three-on-three match between these groups. Are you fired up for that or no? I would love that keep bringing the heat. Hey, Trey Doherty, I think you just brought the heat because obviously when Rowan showed up next to Daniel Bryan, we all got Wyatt family feels and flashbacks to that short period where Daniel was brainwashed and wore that Michael Myers get up. Wow. Can we get the Good Brothers back with AJ where they belong because they're doing nothing else but wearing that fantastic OGBC t-shirt that I also own and hot damn yes, Trey Doherty, this works, this rules. Adam, are you in?
1: Yeah, I'm in for it. Uh, I think the Elimination Chamber is set up for Harper to rip a door off and step in and save Daniel Bryan. Like I think it's the perfect setup because you need Bryan to retain the title in that situation. Yeah, he could just win. I mean, he could. Uh, You could make it as simple as that, as the heel winning. Maybe he pins Mustafa Ali because there's someone – or even Jeff Hardy. There's people in there that can take a fall. Um, But I I think you're definitely going to see Harper with them. The question is, what then are you doing with Bray Wyatt? Is he the challenger for the WWE Championship? He – He's that Daniel Bryan stole his family oh. and Brian and, and Bray oh. Wyatt comes back and look. Okay. So wow, hold I, should on. Be, I should book. I should really... write. I should write. I, should okay, write I
0: want to get you one further. Yeah. Guess who's not in something that really matters right now. and should be. Braun of... Strowman, who also was a Wyatt family member. What if you just went crazy and had this fantastic angle involving all of them that played out all summer?
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd be really cool if you put Bray with Braun and then against those three, it'd be interesting. God, that'd be great. Two guys trying to destroy the world, three guys trying to save it. A lot of good parallels. The whole
0: idea about family—we are family. We're we're crazy family that eats each other's flesh, but we're family. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. It's curious, but this was a hero for me. Um, the title's awesome. I mean, it's a hemp title with natural reclaimed recycled wood. And Earthstones. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's I can't so believe
0: good. I look. I didn't mention that. It's friggin' it's so badass. Good. It's it's. Um, my kids walked in this morning when I was watching. They were like, "Oh my god, that's awesome, Dad! What What is that?" And I like it, it. It rules in every category. Like right when they pulled it out, it kind of looked like uh like a like a recycled styrofoam like food container, like exactly. made out of that. Like it's just
1: exactly.
0: It's perfect. And by the way, Silver King, uh, we had this argument over Slack. Steph McMahon did tweet. The word belt.
1: Yeah, I explained already. I mean, in Slack, I guess people can't see that. Can't see that. WWE on their shop calls them title belts, the physical object. Vince McMahon, the joke on the show is Vince McMahon doesn't let the talent refer to them by that four-letter word that begins with B. He makes them call it titles or championships. So the joke, if it needs to be explained to everyone, is I make you do the same. That's all. It's supposed to be funny. Uh, but yes, they call them title belts on the website when they sell them. And they are going to sell so many of these, Brian. If they make this title, yes. I said it accidentally. If they make this title, they are going to sell thousands of them. We are going to see them all over WrestleMania in New York. I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah.
0: I saw an awesome meme, by the way, of uh, uh, what was that damn thing? I got it right here. I saved the picture because it was so funny. It, uh, great moments in podcasting history. This guy sitting at a table drinking a coffee and the sign on the front of the table that says fans who bring belts to WWE shows should have to defend them. Changing it's true. Change my mind. That's, that's
1: hilarious. That's, cause, we I saw mean, it. You know, we saw it at WrestleMania 33 in Orlando. There was a whole match right, in the crowd talk, before the show began.
0: Let's talk yeah. class and etiquette here of WWE fans. Yeah. Do I get on people who buy the WrestleMania football and hockey jerseys? Yes. Because I feel like... They're terrible. No. Look, it's weird. It's weird that we're all adult men and we're watching this and we care this much. That we're doing this podcast that that debates the decision-making of this <laughs> fake sport. Yes, it's weird in general. So... By entering this world of weirdness, you're going to have to accept certain things. Do I own a million of these T-shirts and these and these action figures that are supposed to be for my kids, but I really play with them with them? Yes, it's all weird. I admit that, but I feel like there has to be a line at what's too weird, and that's why I draw the line on the damn football jerseys. But the title, the belts—um—am I okay with people owning them? Yes. Am I owning okay them? Yes. Owning them? Yes. Absolutely. Wearing them to a damn show, um. Okay, it, I wouldn't do it. But if you want to do that, and you're an adult fan, and and you're and you are not an absolute weirdo who may uh, sell my organs in a black market in a tub somewhere. Okay, but there are dudes, Adam, and you have seen them, who show up with three championship belts, <laughs> one on the waist, two over each shoulder, and um. Yeah. I mean, look, it's this crosses over into comic books, cosplay or whatever that's called. There are people who dress up as in New Orleans if for Mania. You saw it on that WWE Network special. There's, we saw a lot of great people dressed up in great outfits. So I'm saying that that it's all weird, but there's levels to weirdness. And yeah, if you show up with three championship belts at a at a
1: yeah, you're a little bit titles weird. titles. If you dress up as Steve Austin and you want his, co- you know, Cold Stone title or Stone Cold title or Skull title, I forgot what they called it, then go feel free if it's part of the outfit. But if you're wearing a t-shirt and jeans and you're going to bring the WWE Women's Championship with you, what are you doing? Like, I'm okay with you owning it, but I'm not going to – it's like $400. I'm not going to take something worth $400 unless it's like on my person like a watch. I'm not going to take it out of my house and literally just sling it over my shoulder and walk into a venue with thousands of people. And then and then if you're if you're at the event and you're at like WrestleMania you have to hold on to it the entire show. You can't put that down on the chair. <laughs> Someone's going to take it. So you're making it a hassle for yourself. I think I disagree. Forget bringing 3, you cannot bring 1. You wow. can own them, you can display them proudly in your house. They don't even have to be in a man cave or or uh I forgot the, what the female shack equivalent is. There's some word for that. They don't have to be in those. You can put them in your living room for all I care, but no, they don't leave the house unless it's like a show-and-tell at a school. You do not bring those to events. Sorry. Wow, wow. By the way, the Daniel Bryan thing's a hero for me because I didn't say it. All right, we got more. Hit me up with the next one.
0: Yeah, uh, hero or zero. I don't have the paper in front of me. Wow, am I washed right now. Um...
1: All right, I will read it and answer it myself. Shinsuke Nakamura won the United States title and a bit of a surprise at the Royal Rumble only to lose it to our truth on SmackDown, Does this make any sense, hero or zero? Well, Adam, uh, no, it doesn't make any sense because if you're going to have R-Truth win the title, why the hell did you take it off of Rusev in the first place? What did that one-day Shinsuke Nakamura reign mean? You know, I I liked the storytelling in the Rumble. I thought it was really smart. It was a good way to put the title back on Nakamura. But then you're going to give it to R-Truth like that? I would have almost rather had R-Truth get screwed by the same count and then challenge for it at Elimination Chamber and beat Shinsuke Nakamura. If you're going put to put the title on R-Truth, let him beat somebody for once. I mean, the guy deserves the title. He's great. He's hysterical. And Nakamura doesn't need it. This didn't make any sense to me. I thought it was sloppily done. Um, It was a zero.
0: Yeah, it was very sloppily done. You're right. Coming off of the quick title change, it doesn't make a lot of sense. The fact that there was a clear kick out and it definitely wasn't a three count unless a wrestler made a mistake there. I'm wondering if next week they're going to bring back the footage and be like, no, you didn't actually have a dusty finish. You know, you, you didn't actually do it. You didn't actually win it and then have a rematch and the title reign didn't count and whatever. It feels like it's setting up to that. Did I pop it because I love our truth Yes. And by the way, how is a guy that age? Was it 47? Still that ripped <laughs> in the abs. I mean, he's not I'm, 47. Dude, he's old. He's real old. Like, 42,
1: 40, maybe? No,
0: he's real old. All right. Kick he's kick, real old. 47.
1: Is he really? Just oh, my
0: and dude, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Jacked. I mean, he's cut. He's. I'm not saying he's listening to the performance dancing audio, but I'm not saying, right? He's looking great. He pops me every time, whether he's in a bathroom stall with Gold or He's, you know, I love the man. So I popped for it. I know they're going somewhere with it. I'm enjoying it. They said it was, what, eight years since, seven years since he last held the belt? Title. I'm in on that. By the way, I can I can read the rundown now. I'm back up on the show. I'm ready. By the
1: way, he was like the, t- I'm just looking at his Wikipedia profile. He was the TNA or he was the NWA world heavyweight champion twice in the early 2000s. Those were the dying days of a great title belt that's now back. He should have beaten. I I, I maintain this to this day. He should have beaten John Cena for the title.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not against that. All right. Let's roll on. We got to get out of this show. We got to go. All
1: right. All right. BC, uh, WWE suddenly turned both Elias and Rusev back heel this week. Without much reason for either of them, were these the correct moves or were they just WWE once again, Calming down a couple of guys who got two over on their own. Wow.
0: Interesting take there within that question. Uh, I think you're right. I'm going to go hero on, on the ladder here that it didn't seem to make a much sense. It seemed to be forced and rushed and like the Rusev thing. Seriously. Like it just didn't make any sense at all, but that might match it up. You are insanely over with Rusev day and they seem to be done at the moment giving him that level of a push. So yeah, I'm with you on that. I got a cough really bad. You take it from here.
1: Yeah, I agree a hero to that as well. I think these are just two guys that organically got over um, too much where WWE said, okay, you got to be faces. And then what they normally do is they bring them back down and cool them off by turning them heel again. I disagree though, that both were bad. Elias, I think is way better as a heel. I didn't like him as a face. He didn't need to be a face. They got enough faces on raw. His gimmick works way better as a heel. And he worked hard to go back heel. And congratulations to him because it worked. Rusev works better as a face. He was doing good work as a face. He was funny. They were letting him be himself on the mic. They kind of let him be himself again as a heel on Tuesday, and that was nice. I think that was a mistake. I just didn't think it was necessary. So a zero for the Rusev, a hero for the Elias. But it definitely reeked to me of them just cooling these guys down. Have you
0: noticed that since Elias has taken off, and by the way, I think they've done a fantastic job with his character, with the outside stuff, with the singing that they've done, that he's not – he's rarely ever in feuds, lengthy feuds, feuds that matter, feuds that end in blow-off type matches. He's sort Mm -hmm. of around and always involved with different people, but it never seems to – and it never seems to turn into anything memorable. And I know that there's a lot of people that don't love his in-ring work. I probably protect him more in, in the ring than others. But, um, like, for how hot he can be at times, shouldn't he get a major title feud?
1: I could see a Finn Balor Elias intercontinental title feud in 2019. But he's not good in the ring at all. Did you see they gave him Undertaker old school? Yeah, I'm shocked by that. Like, what the hell? Like, I... I like it for his character because you can do it like a, a you can name it something like a guitar string. No, they tell us like they,
0: they say walk with Elias when he does it because you're. Oh, uh,
1: okay, that's good too. Um, but really, like that—that should have just ended with the Undertaker.
0: Yeah, maybe they should instead uh, feed him some of the Undertaker's greatest lines to use. And the ultimate real ride will be your last ride. Write a song about that one, Eli. <laughs> All right, hey, Hero Zero rolling on, Adam. WWE continued its build towards the inaugural Women's Tag Team Championship, which will be decided inside of Elimination Chamber Sunday, February 17th, coming to the WWE Network with three (laughs) of the six entrants now set. Two of them had to qualify, by the way. Are they building this match correctly, Hero Zero?
1: Uh, It's a zero, Um, and you kind of teased the bag there, so I'll give you the mess they had two teams qualify on Raw. And then on SmackDown, they just had Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville be like, we're in, we're in the match. We're going to declare for it. (laughs) I'm like, what? Now, I understand there are not a lot of women on SmackDown, right? But how do they not have to qualify where everyone else does? You have on Monday night, I think the Boston Hug Connection against this weird team of Nikki Cross and Alicia Fox. You could have just put Nikki Cross on SmackDown, and had her team with anyone else, any of the single other women there, or you could have brought up a woman from NXT, or you could have had Nikki Cross and Lacey Evans' team, or you could have done a million other things to put an additional team there and had all these teams qualify for this spot. I mean, look, they were going to be in the match anyway. It didn't make any sense. That storyline, the segment, I should say, was horrible on SmackDown. The only thing I liked, and I know I'm kind of stealing this from you, uh, the fact that they referenced the Naomi... Mandy Rose storyline and they reached back to NXT, the real NXT, like the, the not the NXT, the uh, tough enough, I'm sorry. The Tough Enough storyline of like Naomi having Team Bad like decimate Mandy Rose, that was cool, but they should have had to qualify. They should have had to beat Naomi and a partner to qualify. What the hell was that about? So, I don't like that this is a chamber match in the first place for all the reasons Jack initially said a few weeks ago that I have repeated, it's not a tag team match, it's an it's a free for all. Um it's a zero. I, I'm excited for the titles, but the build has been terrible. Do
0: you know what was a hero in my eyes, though? Mandy Rose is having an actual story connection to why she hated Naomi and then bringing right. back the tough enough footage. And then I know it was it was cheesy and dramatic for her to cry and say, I lost a boyfriend because, you know, all that garbage. But it actually made sense. And it justified how really outlandish she had been as a heel, even though it had been entertaining to try to break up their marriage.
1: Yeah, it it was better. It would have been better, though, if we got that justification before, like two weeks ago in the middle of that storyline before the Royal Rumble, basically, they just waited and she eliminated her from the Rumble and was like, oh, oh, by the way, this is why we feuded. (laughs) Is your dream
0: job WWE creative quality control agent where they bring Adam, they bring the Silver King in and they go, all right, Silver King, it's uh, two hours to Smackdown. Here's our show. Here's the rundown. Here's the storylines. Uh. What are we missing? What would piss off our smarkiest fans? And you would be like, well, you know, you're not there. Yeah. Or would you rather yeah. be the guy who sprays Roman Reigns and rhinos here? Because I've been backstage at WWE before and Rhino and Roman Reigns spray their hair Rollins too, like 4,000 times with a spray bottle to get it that like remember when look?
1: Z- remember when Ziggler used to do that and then mid match it would just puff up. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. I always thought that was funny. All right. Uh, BC. Let's finish up here. Zero here after being decimated by Brock Lesnar. We now have Finn Balor getting run over by Bobby Lashley on Raw. Is this the right direction for Balor with a forthcoming intercontinental championship feud?
0: Only if he wins the damn title. Yes, it is the right direction. It will have justified the rub he got in getting his ass kicked by Lesnar. And it will fully come around, as I mentioned, if the demon battles Lesnar for that IC belt, if it has to, at something like SummerSlam. Title. And balor goes over which is going to be interesting because uh at the uh nevada state athletic commission hearing which was all ufc heavy just yesterday it was revealed in there that lesnar is under USADA drug testing pool and he has been eligible to return to the ufc since the first week of january so uh, oh wow
1: we didn't write that story we probably should have well it's
0: it's it's we kind of already knew it but for them to say oh. it We knew that he was cleared that it was Vince that seemed to be keeping him around with money. And since DC's hurt and not like ready right now, they can't have that match anyway. But it does sort of re-energize the idea that we don't know how long Brock is staying around. Seth is going to have to go over at Mania and win that title. So does Brock have one more against a Finn do the job and then go to a couple fights with UFC? It'll be interesting. It does
1: feel it does feel like the Finn Brock story is only half over. And yeah. and it being such a short period of time before WrestleMania and Lesnar definitely not working Elimination Chamber and probably not working Fastlane, I don't know that we're going to get a resolution to that in 2019, All right. which is unfortunate because it was good. You know That's what I mean? Uh, but I do like Balor being in this intercontinental title situation. There is no harm in being IC champion. It's a prestigious belt and Balor deserves it. He hasn't had a title since his one day run as Universal Champion, which is honestly shocking and probably... More because he was on Raw than anything else. And they had so many other things. They had uh, Reigns with it, Miz with it for such a long period of time. Then they had the Rollins, Ambrose, McIntyre feud. So he just ha- they ha- there hasn't been an opportunity for Balor to really hold the title. But he would make a great Intercontinental Champion for a good four, five, six-month run. You could have some really good feuds. It makes a lot of sense to me. So absolute total hero for that.
0: All right, we gotta get out of the show, Adam. We have less than uh we got about ten minutes left here. You wanna run through this? Let's take it home. Let's take yeah. this home.
1: So, one thing I did not do on Sunday during our or my Royal Rumble Instant analysis, I didn't talk NXT Takeover Phoenix. I really wanted to save that for UBC. It's only five matches. We can run through that decently quick. But before we get into the individual matches, I just want I want to know if you agree with this take or not from me. The show compared to you know, the bar that has been set for NXT TakeOvers. The show as a whole disappointed me, number one. And number two, for the first time in a long time, it was beat out by the pay-per-view that succeeded it in WWE Royal Rumble.
0: Yes, I'll I'll stand with you on all of that. And it's, it's hard because stand alone, comparing it to nothing else, NXT TakeOver Phoenix was a great card. And if you compare it to a 2017 NXT TakeOver card or even the majority of 2016 NXT TakeOvers, I still think it stands up and was probably better. It had one to two fantastic matches. But yes, they set a bar so damn high, whereas let's say three TakeOvers ago, We were like, oh, man, this is is insane. Like, how much better can it be? This is great. And then the next one would be like, it's even better. And then finally we got to the point where this time around we were like, I don't just expect a five-star show. I expect a a 17-and-a-half show because this is the best product in the world. It's the best year ever for NXT, blah, blah, blah. It can only go higher from here. And when we looked at the five matches on this card, we were like, this might be the greatest takeover card ever on paper. And they set us up to do that. It didn't fail, though. It was just really good. But it wasn't great, no. So that's yeah. ultimately the end. I mean, the, the thing that stands out like a giant erection is Johnny Gargano and Ricochet was, you know, one of the better or greatest matches in NXT history. It was fantastic. It was everything it could have and should have been. Love. But no, the other ones around it didn't tend to buff up to that A-A, minus A-plus area that they had been on a
1: run doing. Yeah, I think the tag team match was good and fun and had a good finish. It didn't feel nearly. It didn't hit the level at all that the triple threat TLC match did, or the um, man, I'm struggling today. British strong style undisputed error matches that we just recently saw have, or the DIY matches, or just a lot of the other tag team bouts that we have seen over the last two years.
0: Part of that Fini- was, was Champa and Black didn't hit a. Didn't hit a grand slam last
1: inning home run. It was just, it was just, it was good. It was good. Oh, I'm just talking about the tag match. I'm just saying the tag match was good, but it wasn't great. It didn't exceed four stars for me. It was just a really good match. The Matt Riddle-Cassius Ono match, which I don't even know if you want to talk about at all, but it was just a lot of offense from Ono and Riddle finishing it off where I really wanted to see a match where I saw everything Matt Riddle can do. And I know Ono is not the opponent for that, but he needs that opponent soon. Like it's, it's, he hasn't been there long, but like, I'm annoyed that his feud has been with Ono for this long. I just, I want him to fight someone good. I want him to fight ricochet velveteen dream. I want to see what the hell this guy can do in a WWE or an NXT ring. I'm so excited for him, especially after we spoke to him. I was like, man, I can't wait to see this match. And I was like, Oh, I know he's better than that. I've seen him be better than that. You know what I mean? Uh, but I, I do agree with you that, that Gargano, Ricochet, I mean, I don't know if it was five stars, but it's damn close if it wasn't. uh, That stole the show. And when that's in the middle of the show, you're going to struggle.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, it, it's nothing against Champa in black. It just didn't go to that. Gargano almost level, and we were at the point where we were downright expecting it. It wasn't as bad as I thought. Let's say that run where Bobby Roode and McIntyre were headlining NXT Takeovers yes. I was like, okay, you know, this is this is good, but this should not end ended the show. But it just wasn't there. Now the women's match again was good. It, uh, here's the thing: I think Bianca Belair was both impressive and yet. Didn't reach the level I thought she could have at the same time because she's so young and raw in this business where I thought it was actually a fun match and she did really well, but it it still didn't reach, you know, some of the NXT women's ones that we've seen. It was it was just OK in the end in a good OK, but it was
1: it was it was OK. you know. That's that's the one match that I 100 percent nailed on our preview show. I was like, I expect it to be a fun watch. I think both of them are good. I don't like their styles, how they contrast. I don't think the match will be great. And I think Baszler's going to win, because she should. And she did. And it was the right finish, and it was a good match. But it didn't work. And you know what? I like Baszler, and I think long-term she's good in WWE. And her style's different, so it's fine. But her, with her being champion, we're not going to get high-quality NXT women's matches, the same way we did when Asuka and Ember Moon and all these other women were champions. It's, it's different. It's not that well, this work rate... Is- the it's not that work rate wrestling though.
0: style. The same feud was pretty damn strong. They they had better chemistry. I they think, had
1: way better chemistry. Yeah.
0: Uh, the reason why I predicted the Air title change here is because I guess I thought she was better than she was coming in. Her potential's still massive. She actually did really well considering everything. But I thought she was going to do, a, a, almost a poor man's, Velveteen Dream type of like, can she really be that good? Oh my God! Where in the end it was right. just like okay for where she is in her career, that was a pretty good performance. It didn't turn out to be the female version of Dream. In that, in the, if that comparison makes any sense, but uh, yeah. that's fine. She's just
1: she's just not there yet, it's, no. it's, and it's okay, and that's fine. She's young; she doesn't need to be there yet. Um, I did think, yeah, the Gargano match was great. The Champa Alistair Black match, I didn't dislike it though. It was very. I liked the parallels that they told between the Gargano match and the Champa match, where, and, and this was a key. This is something I brought up on the Royal Rumble results or incident analysis show that you didn't probably hear. Um, there's a major difference in NXT when a heel wins a match than on the main roster, right? In both of those matches, the heel won. Gargano was the heel side, and Ciampa was the heel side. They won both. Were there some dastardly means used? Yes. Neither of them cheated. Neither of them won with interference. They both won by actually winning. Now, you may not like the means in which they used to win, but they were legitimate. Whereas with WWE, with uh, the Royal Rumble, how did Daniel Bryan win? Interference, referees back turned, a guy choke slamming another guy from his head. I think that differential is really important. When you talk about how well NXT story tells compared to WWE.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not against that. That's a, that's a, that's a fair <sighs> and interesting take there for sure. Hey, we got to roll out with feel spots. We've got to put our hands right in the middle of it. Adam, I'm going to throw the alley. Oops. What do you got this week?
1: Well, I have two, so I don't want to steal yours. So if you no, have bo- one, bo- I I'd prefer it. you go. Mine first. Mine are
0: weird. Bring it.
1: All right. Well, my first one is clearly road dog coming out in the man shirt. Uh, Singing with my baby tonight with Jeff Jarrett. No joke, that happened Monday. It's now Wednesday. I've been singing the song for two days. By the way, that's how you
0: nail a nostalgic comeback right there. That's how you nail it.
1: It was perfect. I'm really curious to see what Jeff Jarrett's role with WWE is. I think it's so weird that he's there. It doesn't make any sense. He's apparently been hired as a producer and occasional on-screen presence. I don't know if that means kickoff shows or if that means interview segments backstage or if they go back to GM situations, if he becomes a GM again, I don't need to see Jeff Jarrett consistently on TV. I'm way over Jeff Jarrett. Those two segments were fine. Road Dogg joining in, and there being a little bit Attitude Era, holy bleep chants, and then dancing with Renee and making a couple jokes. I enjoyed that. That was very good. That was my first feel spot. My second feel spot, the Samoa Joe promo on SmackDown. Yes. Holy crap. In 30 seconds, this guy tore apart five people, and each of those individual one-sentence promos were basically better promos than anyone else on the main roster, maybe with the exception of Becky Lynch, can cut. This guy should have been champion. He should have beat AJ Styles. He probably should have beat Brock Lesnar a year ago. I need Samoa Joe as a world champion in 2019 at some point, some way, somehow.
0: Look, that AA joke at Jeff Hardy was just like – Amazing. Oh my god! And, yeah, and it's we said it before, but the the tone he uses in the deliberate like "fu" the way he does it is not pro wrestling, and it's beautiful. No. And the only other person, and it's weird because I say it because he's not a great promo guy, but Ricochet is the only other guy when he cuts promos and and sort of gets a little bit urban. Urban speak hashtag urban speak. As someone once said on this show, it feels real. Samoa Joe feels way realer than anybody else. And I wish they would let more people do that. Damn. That was good.
1: That was, he's by by far the realist and the best part of the whole promo. It was great. The AA thing was great. All that. He literally just turns to AJ and he's like, Hey AJ, by the way, how's our girl Wendy doing?
0: Great. (laughs) That's
1: all you had to say. That's all you had to say. It was great.
0: Oh, man, I'm coughing a lot. All right, uh, I'm going to close with a field spot. I got a two-one, double-one as well. I want to celebrate people who love our show, and we love them. We talk a lot about this Mount Rushmore's coming. Maybe, maybe on the go-home ahead of Mania. We already know maybe. that Tristan Adelotto lives on it. But my good friend Bob Backlund at TalkBox, and he's your friend, too, if you listen to the show. The only person he's not friends with is might be Adam, depending on where their feud is at the moment or whether he's blocked. But TalkBox had his young... Uh, daughter i believe uh, on you know laying asleep on his arms last night and he put together this uh photoshop mount rushmore picture that he's tweeted out he sent it to me in the dms it's his take on the state of combat mount rushmore which features pictures of lo- beloved listeners tristan Adelano, adam x parsons omar al Rashid, and Talkbox bob Backlund himself and then it has our good buddy Shoheel D-Mitty at the bottom looking up at the mountain, meaning that he's either an honorable mention or maybe, you know, he'll just never make it there. I'm not saying these are the Mount Rushmore's, but this is a pretty good try here by, by Bob Backlund at Tallbox. And I, I, you know, well done on that. We'll unveil it ahead of Mania because membership, by the way, will have its privileges. Thank you for supporting our show. Hey, there's another guy out there who supports our show a lot. He's a good friend named Arun Singh. Yes, works at Boom Studios, the great WWE comic book makers. And by the way, look, I've said a million times on this show, Cheap Pete as well, I'm not a comic book guy, haven't been since I was a kid, but this this comic book series that WWE's, WWE Forever is doing with Boom Studios is off the charts. Arun's our PR buddy from there. I call him CrossFit Moses because he had a nice little run with uh, Seth Rollins and got in great shape. But he wrote his first comic that comes out tomorrow, WWE Forever 12, and Arun writing the secret origin of Money Incorporated, which of course is about IRS and the you know Bray Wyatt and all that stuff. Artwork by the awesome Kendall Good. Shout out to our, our buddy Arun Singh for doing that. I really encourage everybody to go check that out. A lot of great comics in that series, including one I got on my desk right now, Undertaker Rise of the Dead Man, written by Chad Dund- Dundas, who you might know as a, uh, one of the most respected MMA writers. Used to work with him at ESPN back in the day. So she, well done, Arun and, and, and fellas. Well done, Bob Backlund. You hit me right in the field spot this week. Cool. Long pause. Long pause.
1: (laughs) Cool. I don't know. You you threw to me. I don't really have anything to say. What I will say is uh, the Mount Rushmore gets decided by BC and the Silver King and no one else. Wow. And we decide when we decide we decide when we want to erect it. Uh, and we decide who is oh on it. Goodness. And, um, use the words to correct it. Wow. Uh, well, I can only so, imagine,
0: though, uh, Silver King and his best Steve Buscemi and, and, uh, Billy Madison, uh, putting on the lipstick and having that list of people he hates on the wall and crossing out their names. If well, there's some, there's him. some
1: names crossed through. Trust If they me. call yeah. him
0: in time, glad I called that guy. Uh, is Thomas <laughs> Jordan Sutton still on your hit list? Bob Backlund, I talked about. You got any other feuds going on? I don't there?
1: remember ever having an issue with Sutton, but I trust you that I did, but I don't remember it. Sorry. Right. Well, well, we got to go. The
0: show is over. Uh, time to say goodbye. Okay, no, say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, now get out of here. Well, right that's a now. little rough, Randy. Right? Yeah, but it is rough. Yeah, wrestling is a rough sport. Uh, Adam, do you want to take us home?
1: You know what? Real quick, though. Did you hear the show I did with Jack? Yes. Did you hear the entirety of that clip? I did not that I played anything. with with Randy. I don't remember it. There's an extended version. I will get it to you. It's awesome. I can't believe you didn't hear it. Uh, but the only thing I have left to say is those two words that we we talk about them sometimes. Usually the last second of the show. We out.